Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Right now, Amazon is offering some amazing extra perks that come with a job offer. If you start a warehouse job, you can get a $1,000 sign-on bonus. That means you start earning a paycheck right away, plus you get extra cash to use before the holidays. Applying is so easy, you don't even need an interview. It's never been so rewarding to start an hourly job that's close to home. So what are you waiting for? To join the team today, visit Amazon.com slash sign-on bonus. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. This episode is brought to you by the Project Manga Patreon, the best way for viewers to support the project and allow us a means to keep providing new and quality content to our subscribers. Go to patreon.com slash projectmanga and find out more about the perks we have available to patrons, including early access to all of our content and exclusive videos like behind-the-scenes footage and additional manga reviews. That's patreon.com slash projectmanga. All right, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the Project Manga Podcast, where we cover Ayashimon, Mission Yozakura Family, Jujutsu Kaisen, Dr. Stone, My Hero Academia, and One Piece. Week to week, back this week covering Weekly Shonen Jump, issue number 14. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And I'm Ellie Yenis. And as always, before we get started, we would ask that you take a look in that description box down below where you can find links to any and all of our individual social media accounts, such as Twitter online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as uh, links to support the show, such as our Patreon or our online store. Also, while you're down there, slap a like on the video to help us climb the algorithms, and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already to uh, get more Fire-Ass Weekly content such as this. Mm -hmm. Also, timestamps down there will allow you to conveniently navigate through the video and avoid sections for spoilers, you know, stuff like that. Um, yes. Also, let us know in the comment section, being that this is the final week of coverage for Dr. Stone, um, what series do you think we should replace it with on the show? So yeah, we'd like your suggestions, we'd like your input and feedback, so yeah, just just do that, please and thank you. And with yes. all those words said, <laughs> mm, good yeah. weekend jump, full roster, man. Bigger week than usual, I want to say. I feel like everything is just yeah. like so crazy right now Ayashimon, dr stone mission yozakura family everything is on such a high point obviously dr stone ending but everything else is yeah. just like shit i mean well, yeah it, i think it's weird because i we notice that they sort of sync up a yeah lot of they tend to don't they yeah and part of me wonders if that is a little bit of like editorial influence because i remember seeing um like the little like author comments yeah sync up yeah. and like a lot of the author comments were saying like oh hey dr stone it was great boichi fantastic art all this stuff mm -hmm. yeah so i'm just like 
Maybe. I feel like they're all kind of kept in a loop. Maybe kicking it. Have a small enough social circle that they're just like, yeah, we, you know, of course it. we talk about stuff. <laughs> like, what like, you what you, what you, you doing right now? I think I'm about to have that. it go into this. Like, all right, well, I'm going I'm to do something crazy too then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. got to hype each other up. Yeah, type shit. Well, with that said, I think we should just go ahead and jump right into it. Yes, sir. Ayashimon chapter 14. Mm-hmm. What about you? Banger. Yeah, this one Great was like this. This is the the developments in this chapter are like right on time for Ayashimon for me. I'm not gonna say that I was like starting to get to a point where I was like worried about like the direction that it was going in, but like having Maruo kind of like unlock this new area of his like psyche in combat, especially with like this link with Urara and whatnot to like kind of like bring mm-hmm. his you know bring him in. You know what I mean? So he's not just throwing haymakers wildly. He has like a new. Yeah avenue that he can go down and actually like get creative with what he's doing in combat instead of just throwing fists i think that that's just like beautiful right now plus it's deepening the bond between you know him and urara and it's just like a whole bunch of gang shit going on in this chapter too and i just love everything about it right now definitely definitely i I... think um go ahead mel sorry oh no it's fine i was just uh the thing that i really it was found interesting was the idea that the duel is a true battle of soul. So, like, I know that I kind of called um, him just, like, waiting for him to hit him, grab yeah. on, and then, like, climb on top of him. But the part that really threw me, and I'm really glad that they, you know, didn't make it as something as a simple transaction of that, is when yeah. he punched him, he's like, that doesn't feel right. And he's like, no, nah, man, this ain't a battle of strength. That helps. But this is a battle of souls. This is your conviction. You don't have any. Right. That's why it don't work on me, dude. Yeah, that's so um, good. Like, you have your strategy, you figured it out, but you don't have any of the remaining chutzpah left to apply to what you're doing yeah. for it to be effective. And I think that that's also great because if it was just as simple as, oh, I have a new avenue to take in my fighting style now that I have this, like, tattoo link with Urara, and she's kind of like my guy in the chair, like my oracle, if you read Detective Comics, but, like, someone shouting, you know, directions to me mentally making me making it easier for me to think now i have the new thing to do and he doesn't just win off of that you know off of that epiphany it's you nice. know what i mean yeah he still has more to go and i think that that's really cool that kaku yuji made that decision to not just have that be the solution just because it's new yeah because uh you know looking at pay- maruo on page five right like got you now <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. no pupils no thoughts just brute force even on like eight and nine, he's not looking at his opponent when he strikes him either. Mm. Like he's not like pupils aren't there, mm. and it it really makes me wonder. Like Maru is an interesting character because he seems like such a like a raw lump of clay, right? Yeah. That has so much strength, so much potential. But the parts that we seem to enjoy out of this chapter, like you yourself said, is like, oh yeah, I'm glad that he's expanding his like fighting style beyond just haymakers i want like i think it's important that this character has like is emotionally stunted yes yes but like his power is gonna come from emotional growth so i'm really interested because that emotional growth and that sort of like bold bolstering of his conviction will make him stronger as a whole yeah and so I'm really interested to see that sort of direction go forward in Yashimon. 
you said something interesting about like how he's like not even looking where he punches just because his like eyes are white and that's like interesting because like normally i would just think oh he's like we see that all the time in manga when their eyes go white when they're in like the middle of a very powerful attack or something or they just want to make him look like scary or demonic i never really thought of it that way but if that is like an indicator that you know maruo is kind of like just like blacking out or something and just like swinging like just like acting entirely on instinct that would be cool if after he comes out of this new like mental upgrade in combat that he kind of has that and that we know that he's going to eventually you know bring out of himself to get this w possibly like whatever whenever he comes back with this like soul conviction that he needs to to pull this out i wonder if we'll see him with you know pupils as he's delivering like final blows instead of just whited out eyes because if that is like a visual cue that he doesn't have all of his facilities about him while he's fighting, then that would be cool to see a visual difference there after he does kind of, you know, reach his, you know, level that he needs to be to fight this dude with his yeah. soul or whatever. <laughs> I think that'd be sick. I never thought about that. I'm going to be watching for that now. Yeah, it's tough to say, I guess, because after that dialogue on page eight, when he hits him in the heart directly... Mm-hmm he still has the whited out eyes in the panel afterwards so it's uh yeah that's what we're talking about right so mm -hmm. like yeah yeah like so he gets pupils when he's like hang on that didn't feel right like the moment he's actually thinking like yeah. which is to say time, that while he's striking like he's that. not thinking right yeah. so he's like, saying like even though like... we just got this dialogue from him saying that like my head is clear now i am kind of thinking about it sure but basically what i think what he was saying is, or what we were trying to say is that like if he is still like he has his wits about him i guess but like he's still he still no, feels like he's lashing out like i, I guess like, i guess the only reason why i'm still saying i like the idea is because he is still missing a piece of this combo that he needs to beat this dude mm -hmm. so like when he has all of the facilities necessary to beat him i wonder if there will be a difference in his facial expressions when he fights but that is a good point he definitely does say that no i am thinking clearly <laughs> before he punches him so maybe it is still just like a we wipe the eyes out when we're going crazy kind of manga thing that we see all the time but but i do want to see like a level of intention from like yeah he can say he's like you know i'm not just fighting for me i'm fighting for the gang but does he like deep like is he saying that because he wants to be a shonen protagonist or is he saying that because he genuinely believes that or is he, like, deep down just viewing Urara and the whole situation surrounding her as an avenue for strong opponents for his own motivations of, I want to fight strong people? Yeah. And you either know, way, regardless like, of what it is, I'm going to be looking at his eyes after this and seeing if there's a difference when he fights. Because right. he's been having the white eyes whenever he, like, goes crazy pretty much this entire time. And if that's yeah. more than just, like, a visual cue of, like, bloodlust and savagery... And it really is like a, you know, you're blacking out. You're not even thinking straight when you're fighting. Even though he does say it, so it feels like it's not a thing. But I'm still going to be watching that shit. Still going to be looking yeah, for it. Yeah, I mean, it, I like it might just be this sort of like, um... Oh, not like a full dissociation. But like, he talks about how he's feeling on the first page. Blood, pulsing, hot. You know, very Frank Miller, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, magma inside me, yeah. pulsing sounds, hypes me up, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. very, very, very Frank Miller. Uh, but, like, it just, like, it doesn't feel like he's, like, 
it's not that he's not rational. It's just that he's more instinctively fighting. Like, he's always going to instinctively fight, right? Like, that's been his MO. Even when he was fighting Dopo, like, he was barely conscious and he was still taking swings. Mm -hmm. So, I think it's um, less, what's the word? Intentional. You know? Like, the idea of, like, fighting with your convictions as opposed to brute strength. The intent is, like, the emotional drive behind the fighting, whereas opposed to, like, normally he's just like, I want to fight to validate myself, and I'm good at fighting. But he's using brute strength. He's not using... Yeah, and even if he's he's thinking a little bit more just to grab the scarf or whatever... Yeah. He's probably, now that he has him dead to rights probably putting his entire back into this attack in a blackout kind of way like he usually does because he doesn't think he has anything to worry about so it could yeah. be that like now that now that he has him cornered now eyes go white crazy downward haymaker so it could be something like that too but yeah i like that urara started talking about how um sometimes the ring and the one-on-ones can be so big that it you can lose sight of the combatants which I mean, up until this point, we've pretty much seen, like, smaller ones, right? Like, within a room of a building or, Mm -hmm. you know, what you would think. So I think that's an interesting concept to have introduced. I wonder if it it has to do with the abilities of the combatants or, like, maybe the power level or just straight up the setting. Like, because a lot of the ones we've seen have been in a building, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There was a couple that were outside. Like, the first one was outside in the first chapter. Uwan, yeah. Yeah, Uwan was outside. But like I think you're I think you're spot on though, Eagle, is that like depending on the abilities of the person might determine the size of the barrier because he even goes into it on page eleven. I don't know who's saying this, this like pig face dude. Um on the middle panel. He's like any faster and he'll zoom right out of the barrier. I don't know who says that exactly. That is Urara through the tattoo. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Good shit, good shit. Any faster and he'll zoom right out of the barrier. But then right away, this dude says we have no barriers, almost like he's responding to that. <laughs> so that's like weird if he can like hear Urara too. I don't know if he would be able to. I don't know how loud she's being or if the speak if the tattoo is like a speaker or something and it's like coming out of the tattoo or if it's all like mm. mental or whatever. That's that's kind of weird to think about. But anyway, he he says we have no barriers. We race down whatever road we choose with nothing to stop us. That's cool. It's nice and poetic and it, it ties into like the size of the barrier thing and whatnot. But like that means that it has to be like based on the abilities, like Eagle was saying though, then. Because now this dude has a technique that has him literally all over the place in a matter of no time. So you would have to have a big barrier. Otherwise, he can't um, get like the full range of his capabilities if he's in a confined space. Or maybe that makes him stronger. Who knows? But Well, the previous chapter, they said, hey, we got the strip and this park. He might be at the edge of the park. Oh, sure. Because uh, like when they did the battle, like the second was just like, hey, we're going to use this strip. We're going to use the park. That's going to be our barrier. Anything around that, no one's going to notice. Like, so I feel, because you can see the park on page 12 and 13 where he's getting dropped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like they were just at the edge of it, to okay. be honest. Okay. Um, but I think that, yeah, it is interesting. I didn't realize, I, I didn't th- catch that when... Koton was just like, yeah, we have no barriers. It's like, huh, yeah. Rara is just speaking. 
Like so maybe the well, there there is a possibility that there are actually a there is actually a barrier to the uh, the death match, and he's just saying that as like a character thing. Like we don't have any barriers; we race down whatever road we choose with nothing to stop us. Like he could, like yeah, he said that, but there probably still is a perimeter for the fight, and it's just massive. Mm-hmm. And he's just yeah. saying he's just saying shit to be cool. <laughs> yeah, I think he is. I, yeah. I mean, he is a very much a machismo character. I feel mm-hmm. like that's very much his character. He's like, we race down whatever road we choose. There are no barriers, and so he runs straight up the wall, like the wall of this building. Apparently, getting up way high and then just dropping him. Yeah, because you can see like this whole fish lens. Yeah. Kind of vibe on the twelve three spread and in the panel at the top of fourteen where he's dropping Moruo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that shit's wild. I wonder how he's gonna come back. <laughs> I know the fall's not gonna kill him because he's just like a tank like that. But I wonder like what kind of introspection we'll see. I I really hope it's not like focus on ten and then Maruo comes back like I know what I need to do now and then does the thing. I hope that we get like maybe some back and forth split perspective of 10 dealing with this one Yudo guy. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure who, who, that's who this is. And then switching perspective back and forth between him and Maruo, who's like gathering himself, having some deep, like inner writing of some kind yeah. and then figures out the soul thing and then comes back for whatever. But I hope it's definitely just like, not just, we don't see Maruo until he comes back, like I figured oh. it out. Boom, you I, know. I think it's gonna be spliced into like little bits. Like yeah. there's gonna be a like there's gonna be a slice of like next chapter is gonna be a slice of like Kotan and Maruo. Hey, saying like good luck, get dead, hope your death's quick. Um, you hope your death is quicker than me. Um, and then he starts falling. Cut to ten vice fighting the Wanyudo Waku. Yeah. Um, halfway through that, another clip to zoom back to like Moreau. I feel like he's gonna do something where he's gonna like grip onto the side of the building and, and then just, just and just <laughs> nails yeah. on a chalkboard, hold himself through, maybe kick in a window as he slows himself down, like some shit like that. lots of broken glass. I feel um, like he could just fall straight on the ground and be like, ah, shit, and then just get up. He's feeling he's that dude, strong. He just survive that. That, that falls that pretty an, fucking, yeah, that falls pretty high. It but. looks drastic. I feel <laughs> like he has to have some level of, like, self-preservation yeah. for that. But then that would, like, trigger the conversation <clears throat> of Koton. It's like, man, why do you care? You're not that, it's just like, you're, you're not all of that. Why do you keep hanging on? And then having that question, having to answer that question might be something that, like, cements resolve in Maruo. Because, like, we had this conversation last episode mm-hmm. of talking about, like, you know, saying something out loud means something. Yeah. So I think there might be something like that, where he's like, why am I fighting? Like, it's like, why am I fighting? Yeah, yeah. So finding that, Finding that inner... That inner drive, asking those inner questions. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. This 10 situation is cool. Um, I like the powers of the Juan Yudo guy. It reminded me a lot <laughs> of, like, Bluno from CP9 with the Doa Doa no me. Where he'd, like, anywhere he hit you turned into a door in, like, any lobby in One Piece. Mm. Um, he's, like, the 
the CP9 with like the black suit and the bullhorn haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it reminded me of that. Ten getting this like new this like second wind or whatever. He was ready to just be submissive. Like I can't fight you. First he was kind of talking shit to him. Like really, that's all your power does. And then he like got hit with the fucking you know whirlwind shit and puked his brains out and was like all right i quit fuck it i'm weak you got this brother <laughs> like I'm, i i can't do it and then he's like yeah you and your friends are trash and then he has like the hey wait a minute you can say whatever you want about me but you better not talk shit about my friends kind of moment and that's cool even though we've seen it a million times it fits for 10 um especially with just the events of the history of the series up until this point so it's great that he's getting mm -hmm. this moment right now i have no idea what this like trump card thing that he's pulling out is i think it's a bomb or something because like i feel like it's not a part of any it's kind of mask, ability i think it's his oh, mask. oh his mask oh i keep forgetting yeah i keep forgetting about like the mask concept in this series okay okay it's a mask because i was sitting here going okay <laughs> yeah i was <laughs> i was sitting here like wait a minute because i know that his only ability Everyone is, talks is tough until they're exploded <laughs> yeah like no, well, i mean <laughs> i definitely <laughs> i definitely did think it was a bomb but i was sitting here going like man like this isn't his ability because he was just talking about how his ability is ceiling jumping and he doesn't have a ceiling right now, so he's cooked. And then now all of a sudden he's pulling out some new thing. And I'm like, is this a technique? No, it can't be. Is this like some kind of weapon? And I just like thought bomb because of its shape, but it's totally his mask. Mm -hmm. That's hilarious. I kind of want to see what he does with it. Like, I still think yeah. that the overpass is going to be a big part of his ability. Damn, I didn't even realize that this dude has, like, fucking brake and clutch pedals on his fucking jacket. On his, like, right? chest. Yeah, so sick. It's, I love it. Yeah, like, the I, I so like good. the little Mad Maxi design. I think Mad Maxi, yeah. His, um, his face reminds me of the wooden fish you get from, like, Buddhists. The oh, little, wow, like, I think I, bell yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. With, like, a, with like a little, like, rubber tire circling it, and yeah, he reminds yeah. me of fucking Baymax. But, Baymax. like, the most violent, like, reverse Baymax. He's like, I'm gonna bully you. Yo, I'm Baymax. Hi, <laughs> I'm Baymax. You ain't shit. <laughs> Evil Baymax. Hilarious. Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers, delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Whether it's Kroger's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Dude, no, I, but, like, he does spit, though, because, like, yeah. Paige, like, after 16, he's like, man, you, you ain't special. It's like, he's like, because I like that line on 18, he's like, I respect Keo because Leader does. Never knew that guy that well myself. Leader called that girl his kid, figured something big. Turns out, she ain't. Yeah. They're just bottom-rung lunatics with a death wish. Yeah. And, and I love it, too, because it's like, okay, so clearly the, the point of this scene is to, you know, 
reinvigorate Ten in his convictions through the shit talking mm-hmm. of his friends. Like we we all know this scene, we've seen it a million times, but the dialogue on it is very organic. Like it makes sense for this one, you know, dude to be saying all of the things that he's saying at, from his perspective as a shitty antagonist. At least he's like using, you know, lore and the setup and the history of 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 the storytelling to talk this shit. You know what I mean? He's not just arbitrarily saying, ooh, rah, rah, sucks. What are you going to do about it? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, hey, you got, it brought you here. I heard about all this shit through the grapevine and the underworld. Kyo was that guy. I respected the shit out of him. Now I'm hearing about you guys. Yeah, you're his daughter. Thought she was going to be tight. Nope, you guys are all just trash. <laughs> and she relied on you guys? That yeah. Means she's definitely not shit. Yeah, it's not like the biggest thing. It's not like some like kind of like mind-blowing like way to like tell a story or whatever, but I just appreciate like how organic the shit talking is. It is a great Even though it is organic. clearly being used as a plot device to power up 10, at least it doesn't feel arbitrary just for the sake of it i guess is my point yeah 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 Nah, i'm digging it um i do like th- the addition of the the little like walkie-talkie tattoo mm-hmm. yeah that's uh, so cool i don't know if i've ever seen so cool. tattoo. yeah walkie-talkie it's tattoo really we yo you it's coined really that here <laughs> but yeah i don't think i've ever seen anything like that before communication through tattoos it might be somewhere but that that feels really fresh and unique to me. I mean, it's I've like seen awesome. tattoos like come off people's bodies yep, and like yep. turn into whips or snakes, yeah. like Medusa from Soul Eater. But yeah. I haven't really seen a tattoo. Like I've seen people like, oh, I hide people as tattoos on my body and I can mm-hmm. pop them in and out. But I've never heard of like or like you know, there's the tattoos where like, uh, I'm in the movie Thirteen. And I suddenly see writing on my yeah. arm, you yeah, know, yeah. And stuff like that. But, but not like, this. Uh, this is new. I think. At least very yeah, it feels it feels original to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really dig this idea that like, because like, the part that I thought was really cool on page three was like, he's only an animated bolt of cloth. His outer shell wraps around an empty core. He's fast. He's got speed. Has no real durability. He can't lose his face or his heart. The engine. Yeah. And like Knox, you pointed out that the heart, his engine was right over his heart. It was either you or Eagle. I'm one of uh, I don't remember I don't think I remember that so it couldn't have been me but but yeah that's tight <laughs> that's super tight and I like how like I was saying earlier about how Urara is essentially like Maruo's oracle now which is like really cool that they have this this dynamic where Maruo is a novice to this Cortana world. yeah Cortana you know what I mean not Maruo doesn't really know shit about the world or the kind of encounters he'll have is very little information on that and urara is obviously his intel his like information center and they're going to start you know whenever she's not in action which i'm assuming is going to be very like few and far between that she busts that dagger out and has to turn into her full yokai form i feel like it's going to be a while before that's like a regular thing for her to do so in the meantime it works that she's like you know the oracle for maruo give him information about the yokai that he's fighting what their strengths and what their weaknesses are it's just a great combo dynamic in that way. And I love I love the introduction of that concept through the tattoo. It, it reminds me of like Megalobox, where Maruo is box. is Joe mm. and it's like a boxing manga a little bit, yeah, where like Maruo is the classic boxer and yep. then Arara is like the second or the coach. He's like, Hey, stay in there, champ. You know, you you did the yes. first round, you're taking their hits. From what I've seen, you're getting your ass kicked. But you know what he has? A tendency to use the left, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I love it. That kind love of vibe. It. Tendency to use his left. <laughs> Turns wow, out yeah. he's not actually left handed. He's just faking you. <laughs> oh yeah. 
I think uh, I think that's about all I had for Ayashimon. Though. Yeah, I think I'm good too. Great chapter. Can't wait for the next yeah. one as usual. Quick, action-packed, very flavorful, great scenes. With a bunch of, like, a couple really cool new developments. So, right, all, all mm-hmm. of this stuff is right on time for Ayashimon, like I said. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into uh, Chapter 120 of Mission Yozakura Family. Mission 120, Refusal. It was wild, son. <laughs> Wild-ass chapter, man. Just didn't know, like, what to expect, like, at all. Like, okay... We had our ideas about how this was kind of going to go. The crew pulls up, the rest of the siblings. We see like this huge, well, it starts off obviously with the exposition on the Kokushi Black Thread and how it works. This very epic introduction to the chapter that just shows damage in all directions in this double spread, but we don't really know exactly what happened. And then when it switches back to everyone, I'm like, yes, squad, get there and help him. He's probably going to be dead by the time you pull up, but at least you're here, you know? (laughs) And then they get there and... No, <laughs> it's just like complete, smoked completely different situation. Yeah, and I'm just like, wow. And I was watching Mama. Eagle's reaction. I was watching Eagle's reaction and he gets to like page eight and nine double spread. He's like squad bust through. There's Kyoichiro and he's dead. He's definitely dead. <laughs> oh, dude, I thought, look at him. I'm like, yo, yeah. and he's dead. He's definitely run through by a fucking tree branch or something. Like, yeah. Blacked out like it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could totally feel it too because it's like, yeah, they're here and you're like, yay, triumphant squad shit. But like, Kyoichiro is like not moving and he's entirely blacked out and you can't see his face. This is grim. <laughs> And then you it turn was. in. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's spooky. Yeah. Then that page to 11 and 10, and you're just like, oh, he cut them all the fuck down. Yeah, he folded all of them, and you're like, holy shit. And they're like, I mean, um, <laughs> they look scared of, they're like, no fucking way. <laughs> I mean, he had a power move that was three pages long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just the reaction of the family, too. It's like, as far as like emotion that this is conveying to me right now, it's like shock, obviously, because it's like, holy shit, you beat them all. But then it's also like, dude, what the fuck is Kyoichiro? <laughs> you know, like, it's yeah. just like a look of like complete disp- disbelief of multiple things. <laughs> right. And then um, Tayo obviously tries to run up. He hits him with the boom. Stay away. And then he's getting like ported. Yeah, yeah, this is wild. He's like, we probably won't ever meet again either. I'm sorry. And then he kind of like disappears into a very similar, you know, flower, flower petal, petal cloud. Lady. Yeah. Like like Momo, you know what I mean? So I wonder. Yeah, like the, the yeah. dad. The dad, yep, yep. The so, dad oh, has to have so... taken him. Maybe no, the dad took I think him. He, I think he left of his own volition. Maybe and it, he it's, left it's, of his own, yeah. It's It's really heavy because like, there is this moment where he's, you know, he's do the last end of his um, ultimate attack on first one through three. End of three. Um, she smiles at the yeah. fact that, like, she's getting cut the fuck up. That's right. And part of me wonders if, because he is disappearing in a way similar to Momo, did she like tell him something as he w- as she was like getting torn apart? And it's just like, 
yeah, you exert enough power, but like you've used too much summoning. You've turned your back on like you've you've done more than a human should. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so like there's the potential that he is becoming a monster and uh like you know you're in a cave you're in a small enclosed area with all that free floating like somanine and like subomi's like plants influence so maybe he's become a sort of host and he realizes it and he's like hey don't get close to me don't yeah. touch me i'm not going to be good around yeah. i'm not going to be good to be around and I think he realizes that and like is taking himself out of the picture and it's really kind of heavy because he talked so much shit about Momo. Yeah. He's like, Hey man, you fucking left, you know, where were you for the family? You're not my dad. You're not family. And he is literally becoming his dad. Yeah. Straight up. He and which... literally became his dad. He left just the same way as his dad. Which makes me think that, like, okay, so maybe it's a situation where, and this is, like, a lot of guessing and a lot of, like, mm -hmm. filling in a major gap that, like, has yet to have anything filled that it filled into it at all for me to go on, uh, off of. But as far as, like, well, what, let's, let, I want to kind of, like, focus on what you just said first about how he's, like, literally turning into Momo. This is a really cool situation because if Kyoichiro really has, like, had all of this resentment and animosity towards Momo for his mysterious, like, disappearance and his shady dealings since disappearing and whatnot, and this is a situation where he's found himself in a similar situation that maybe Momo had found himself in earlier while dealing with whatever threat or whatever obstacle Subomi was to him at the time or something, mm -hmm. and then he found himself in a very similar situation and then after a confrontation very similar to this made the decision same decision that Kyoichiro is making right now like there's like a missing piece of information that ties all of this together but there has yep. to be like a very legitimate personal reason why Kyoichiro is behaving exactly like Momo despite the fact that he hates Momo for what he did and how he acts like I feel I, yeah. I strongly believe that Kyoichiro would not literally be mimicking exactly what he hates about his dad right now if there wasn't a very legitimate personal reason that makes all the sense in the world for at least Kyoichiro and maybe us too whenever we get the exposition for it but I think it might have been a situation like maybe he's fighting them and maybe there's some kind of um conversation that's had before this final attack that's like hey even if you kill us like it's not going to be enough like you can go ahead and destroy all of these bodies or whatever, but then you'll become a host in some kind of way, or maybe you can trade and then like we'll go away and you just take our spot as host. And then it's you and Momo working under Subomi or something. And we stop fucking with the family in some other kind of way. It's like a trade because they want Mutsumi, right? Yeah. For some specific reason that only makes sense for her. So then maybe they wouldn't trade for Kyoichiro. I'm just trying to like think about how it makes sense that he's willingly leaving right now. In a very yeah. similar way to Momo. I, I feel like maybe they did that thing, you know, where they take like a small stone around the thumb and they just shoot it like a marble. It's like a seed. And they just hit Koichiro while he's like mid-attack. Gets him like right in the chest. And it's like, doesn't matter if you cut us down. You're going to be you one know, of us anyway by the, by the so time you leave here. You can grow in any, any yeah. kind of field. And uh, you're a rich flower bed, man. You've got the chops. You've got skill, yeah. talent. You're going to make a beautiful flower grow. 
you know, that kind of thing. And he's like, ah, fuck. I realize the implications of that, and now I have to go. Yeah, I like it either way, because, like, if it is a situation where, you know, Kyoichiro is making this decision to kind of be the same way as Momo, then that's going to be really cool for his character to think about it. Like, man, I've hated this man for so long. Whole time, he probably had a great reason for doing that. Or not great reason, but just, like, a a reason that's more understandable than what I've been assuming. And he's not willing to explain it to me, just like I'm not willing to explain it to my siblings right now in this moment. So whatever that fucking reason is has got to slap so hard for the lore of Mission Yozakura family. And that's, like, obviously on everybody's mind. Like, that's the next thing I want to see. That's the answer I want. You know what I mean? So it's doing its job there. But that's just such a crazy development to get here. Like, I did not think that mission yozakura family was going to have me thinking this deep (laughs) and that just goes into what i was saying a couple weeks ago about how like we've been in slice of life family centric storytelling for so long that's so character driven and i almost like forget how deep and dramatic the overarching plot narrative can be and is (laughs) it's like holy shit so much has kind of happened since we came out of that slice of life stuff and went back into this main plot stuff (laughs) and it's like man it's almost like sensory overload (laughs) Yeah, it goes. Yeah. I mean, it's a little bit of whiplash, but yeah. it's it's been a long time coming. It's been cooking and Yeah. I love how Futaba comes in. What's going on? Futaba's like, yo, Kyojiro, I don't blame you for getting carried away this time, but like what did you just do to your own sibling just now? And like I love that line just like by itself and I just love Futaba, but I had to sit and think about it for a second and I was like, wait a minute, what is what sibling did he attack? And I'm like, oh, oh. Yes, Tayo, but like it like it took me a second because like I just like when she said sibling, I just like automatically think of the blood siblings. You know uh, what yeah. I mean? And then like Yeah, really. retroactively coming back and going, Oh, it's Tayo, obviously. That's like just like makes it a little bit more wholesome that Futaba's like, yo, address just talking to Tayo as a sibling. I don't know if I remember um Futaba ever addressing Tayo as a sibling before. Um, no. I'm I sure mean, it's happened. They, they but said I, welcome to the family, that kind of thing. Yeah, besides that, they're like, yeah, but usually, you know, like they'll just like call him and like refer to him as like Tayo or something Tayo. or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. But like seeing no. like, yo, you just hit your fucking sibling, like you just hit your brother, like what are you doing? I was like, oh shit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. I love that because uh, that little, like, I had to look back and look at like the double spread on 1415. I was like, oh, his middle finger is actually a little fucked up. Like, yeah just the tip of his finger cut and i was like that's yeah. enough that's enough i mean yeah <laughs> what was one of the main family rules was we all get along and we never turn on each other that's the point like yep but man i think i think uh in the early stages right like his f- like f- blossoms look like the leaves look different than Subomi's leaves, right? Like either they are mm. a, a different variation, or they are in like a like a nascent stage of development, right? Oh, sure, because sure. I guess I never really noticed the difference m- there. Yeah, the squad he just murked. You know, they have like these pure white sakura, but like Kyuchiro's has still got that kind of like ephemeral vibe to it yeah still shaded yeah subomi's petals look like clearly drawn whereas kyoichiro's look like low opacity you know Mm -hmm. renders of like you know 
images of petals that have just had like most of their opacity taken away and like laid over the drawing almost kind of what it feels like yeah. they're just like straight screen tones <laughs> mm -hmm. which is a difference for sure that I, I didn't even like think about it like that i wonder why that's a difference or if there's any real meaning behind that i'm just not getting the vibes that like these guys are out of here really mm -hmm, at all mm -hmm. like <clears throat> they have that. regenerative properties and to me to me i'm more so getting the vibe that like momo kind of from a distance was observing the situation and saw that it might have been going south for the subomi side sure. and uh and chose to kind of strategically extract the whole situation and is now going to like symbiotically infect Kyoichiro or somehow they're going to bring him over to to their side and, and it is going to be like a Momo and Kyoichiro on the same side kind of thing. Oh man, yeah, and it could totally just have been like a yeah, like we're strong on our own, like we'll beat you, but if you like somehow beat us, then like the dissipation of our ephemeral forms will then be, you know, inhaled by you or something or they'll go into you in some kind of spore-like effect. That is now, and then Kyoichiro probably like realized that after defeating him, like, holy shit, they're taking me over right now. I blew it. They were, they wanted this, like, or they had an answer for me just completely obliterating them with Steel Spider. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. So, like, that now is. that, now that I've kind of like put the pedal to the metal, you know, and, and just brashly dispatch them, now I have made myself like my father. And now I get it. Now I see how deep this shit is. I need to get away from my family <laughs> while I, I figure this out. That, yeah. I like that idea. It's very insidious, and I feel like we're, you guys are on the right track of that today because I'm looking at um, when he's just like, oh, hey, you know, they're... Because, like, on the bottom of 12, you can see the dissipation and, like, all the particles of, like, the Sakura petals, Yeah, but they don't dissipate really that much further than uh Kiechiro, right? Yeah. They kind of stop at him. And then there's like a little other particle effects, but I, I'm kind of chalking that up to debris falling down. They don't right. seem as uh dense. Yeah. Um so when he's like stay away creates that space. And when he's looking at Futaba and like not really answering them just looking at that giant swirl of sakura like miasma mm -hmm. coming around them swirling around him and then because they're saying like oh man in a few seconds all of them will fade away and i think what kyuchiro did is that he basically absorbed the rest of it into his body and yeah used it to he's seen momo do it enough times he's like i know it can happen i can do it Anything he can do, I can do. He got sloppy as a monster. I'm just a human, but, like, I can do it. Yeah. And so he just uses that, basically brings it all to him and escapes into as, as himself as, like, his last act of himself, which I feel like he understands, but he doesn't know how to tell them. And so he just chocks, just boils it down. He's like, we probably won't ever meet again. Yeah. Either. Yeah. And he's like, when you meet me, I'm not there. Yeah. That won't be me. Yeah, I just like the idea that 
they were just like ready to lose and if they ran into you know a sibling that could beat them then they'll just turn them into the next momo <laughs> like i just think that that's like so cool to think about as a part of their plan it just makes them so much deeper than they already were for me is like oh yeah like we'll whoop you if we can but if you can beat us then we'll just make you another momo and then the the idea that kiwichiro realized that as they were busting through the roof like oh shit they had a trump card they were expecting this they had a plan for this i fucked up because i was being too brash well see you later guys i don't want this to possibly extend to the rest of you maybe this is why my dad was being as weird as he was maybe he's secretly trying to defeat subomi but knows that like if he doesn't work directly with them that they'll get to the family quicker Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So he's mm -hmm. like, he, he Momo probably found himself in a very similar situation. Got you know, surrounded by so many and after defeating Subomi or something, turned into a pawn in this kind of similar way and was like, okay, I don't want, I need to stay away from my family until I figure out what I need to do to beat this bitch. And now Kyoichiro is getting nosy and that's probably has a lot to do with why Momo's being very like, you know, sketchy and backdoor when it comes to, to Kyoichiro because Kyoichiro is going to fuck up his own plan. And now Kyoichiro is literally just following in those same footsteps because that's mm -hmm. just how cold of a unit these Subomi descendants are that <laughs> you ha you're either you're either a part of them or you know you don't know enough about them kind of thing. I it mean, just makes them so scary. <laughs> that's a great defense mechanism. Like yeah. not defense mechanism, but like a like a propagation effect. Yes. Right? So as like as a host for Subomi, if you get killed by something and they are a Yozakura. Yeah. Because it works specifically on Yosakura. If a Yosakura is able to defeat a host, they run the risk of becoming the very next host as like a, a like a propagation technique so that the hosts, yeah. there will always be a host for Subomi. But that makes me wonder then, because didn't they defeat a descendant already? Didn't Futaba whoop one? Or, or did she just keep them um, from dying against one? And then that one like, you know, disappeared and then went back to the group. I can't remember exactly what um, happened with the that one, one that little arc like um utaba or no no the one that looked like uh god the cat faced one um oh kengo kengo there yeah, you go yeah, yeah, yeah. i was thinking kengo and i said i doubted myself i was like no that that's the buff one no yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. right um, yeah or Shin shinzo no, is... shinzo you mean yeah shinzo's, yeah, the, buff shinzo's one. the buff one yeah, yeah um but kengo yeah the one that looked like kengo because they had that that haunted house that was eating people. yes yes yeah. yes um, yeah did they actually so, beat that descendant i'm pretty sure that, that that descendant had them dead to rights until futaba activated and then she just kept them alive and then that one like bounced i don't think they actually defeated one 
you know, I think that will warrant a bit of a reread yeah, because yeah, I want to yeah. see if there was differences because like if they immediately bolted after defeating the person because like the building started to like crack and stuff, they're like, oh, this building's breaking. We need to get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. And the, like proximity because the 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 kengo descendant ancestor was mm. like high up on the wall so they like they wouldn't be directly on them right so like there could have been a chance of like that infection and then they just managed to dodge it something like that yeah well, definitely de- definitely let us know in the comment i mean i'm gonna go back and look at it like after the conversation mm-hmm. at some point probably but just for the sake of you know conversation let us know in the comments section if that situation was like an actual defeat or if it was like a stalemate and then the descendant left can't remember right now don't remember what chapter it is but yeah because the ancestor didn't like tsubomi period they were like i hate this i have to do this i'm sorry yeah so then that could be evidence to support kind of what we've been talking about as like reasons why momo isn't saying anything about what's going on and being so mysterious and now kyoichiro mm-hmm. is now doing the same thing there has to be some kind of like oh, i feel like it's right there i oh, feel like, like the missing the piece is like right there like, man yeah what if subomi's not allowing them to say more maybe in some kind of way, either like in the host faction, there is a there, within the host faction. There's two groups. There's the group that is resentful of Subomi, and there's the group that's like, yeah, we bought into it. Yeah, but I mean, like, if you can verbalize your frustration with Subomi as a descendant, then like, why can't you just say the rest? Yeah, like if um, you can, if you can voice like, if you can say, I don't like Subomi, I don't like working for her, then why wouldn't you just be like, Yo. I feel like it's it's a difference between expressing an opinion and like. Yeah. Giving um, away the keys, yeah. Tweeting yeah. tactical information. <laughs> yeah, no way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's a difference between tweeting, it's like, ah, uh, you know, Panchero's on such and such street sucks, but yeah. like, tweeting, oh yeah, people are here at this location. Yeah, it's, it's a little, a little different. bit different. Little yeah, different. no, you're totally yeah. right. You're totally right. But I was wondering if it was like a physical, you know, like I, I literally can't say anything because she has that much influence over me. Or if it's like, a, I can't say anything because she's going to whoop me when I get back to the crib. Like, I want to know like what that is, like what the, what's stopping, you know, anything. If she really is, doesn't like her position and doesn't like working for Subomi, I wonder why she is, you know what I mean? Like what's making her, what's forcing her to, but anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. the, the whole blossoms and stuff seem really integral. It's built into their whole physiology and like the way the parasite stuff start kind of seemed it like yeah. infused their entire body, which could inc- include their nervous system. So like it like the plant might be like reading pulses through their nervous system and being like, nope, we we don't want that. This mm-hmm. this this crosses a certain certain threshold of activity sure. of things that we don't like. We've been doing this for aeons generations yeah. however long is like yeah with such a these like rocks were dirt you know that makes sense it, you know since it's such like a spiritual and biological you know kind of like phenomenon happening with the somanine and like the subomi like mm-hmm. consciousness stuff so it could be something like what you're talking about right now just because of how interconnected subomi is with whoever she's influencing you know what i mean so it can totally yeah. i could totally see that yeah it's just kind of crazy because like I thought Koichiro was dead smart by, like, negating 
the somanine regeneration by having like a somanine solution soaking his wires right and i was like hell mm. yeah you've got the fix you've got the angle yeah good 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 executed yeah. you've perfectly. got the hockey for the logia <laughs> right and it's just like and that wasn't enough okay right. what, what's the trick what's the counter trick like what did he not account for and i really want to know yeah that's the but next other than that one. i don't have too much this is a very 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 straightforward chapter that oh, yeah. just leaves a lot of open-ended areas yeah yeah, it's very, very easy to follow, very to the point up until the end with that very mysterious, thought-provoking cliffhanger. But I think we got a nice, chunky combo out of it, despite that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, Can yeah. we just appreciate some of these, like, spreads? Like, yeah. the spread on 1819, just looking at the just sheer amount of, like, devastation aftermath of Black Spider. Yeah. Shit, the fucking opening one... With like yeah. the explosion of of Steel Spider, the yes. black thread, like that shit. The the some things have a blur to it, some things don't. It really, you know, creates that like you know, chaotic three hundred and sixty degrees of damage kind of aesthetic that the drawing is mm -hmm. clearly kind of you know trying to convey. It's just like does everything yeah. perfectly. Perfect AoE, like in yeah. action. Like I love the whole going back and forth between 2-3 and the eighteen nineteen, just seeing like during action and then like post-action yeah. scene of that stuff but then I feel like I feel like Kuichiro has been infected because those yeah. attacks wash through the host squad yeah and they're smiling yeah straight up yeah that's 100% and I'm yeah. just like <laughs> too easy yeah, like it. way too easy. Yeah, we didn't see a single attack from them. They just like took this attack and then just like grinned their way into dissipation. And it's like, nah, you definitely, you definitely yeah, jumped into else. my. Yeah, you jumped into my boy. <laughs> but yeah, I'm good on Yozakura family this week. I think I am too. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and jump right into chapter 177 of Jujutsu Kaisen. Tok or sorry, Sendai Colony. Part four. We in Sendai. Yuta. Yeah. Big Yuta versus Ishigori and Uro. This shit is wild, son. It was a fire fight. <laughs> oh yeah. man, I I love Ishigori's like style. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's got like I know we talked about it in a Yashiman where Kotan has machismo, but Ishigori. Yeah. Has fucking machismo. It's like every delinquent like, character that you've ever yeah. loved all wrapped up in like one character with a fucking spirit gun coming out of his pompadour. That's just yeah. wild. It's just like he's, he's... a living reference of like that entire archetype. Yeah, he's like the combination of like Kua like Togashi's Kuabara, but with like the mental maturity and like style of Krolo. Yeah, yeah. And I was just yeah. like, man, this is the most Tagashi-ass character I've ever seen. Yeah, Krolo, Knuckle, Kuwabara, Yusuke. Yes. Metal Bat. He's... It's like all of those characters in one. All of those were Togashi except for one. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like I, I feel, I feel that I feel like Ishidori is a bit of a love letter to that kind of character. Yeah, straight up, straight up. But I, I love his philosophy. Like, yeah. Just like I did everything right by the books, you know, for my societal norms. I followed them. I was a good man by all metrics that existed at the time, and I still wasn't happy. I was dead and had regrets. Yes. Gage is just such a good character designer and writer, like in general. Whenever new characters are introduced in Jujutsu Kaisen, I always get so excited because not only are the designs always great, so we get to look at them and 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 love what they're doing in our faces at the moment when they're introduced. And then whenever Gage decides to focus on them writing-wise, we always just get like this really deep philosophical, you know, different kind of character than we've seen before. And all in like a very short amount of time, like he can pack so much charm and charisma and character, you know, in a very quick amount of time. Like we just fall in love with these characters right away. Like Uro and Ishigori are just like amazing off top. It's like, like no, no time all at all. Over again. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Higuruma, instant classic. Like Gege just knows how to drop back to back classic characters all the time. Even the characters that aren't as significant as you know, others just like have so yeah. much impact, you know, whenever they're focused on. It's just like, even characters that are super minor, like the helicopter squad, they were cool. They got packed, but like, they were still cool in the moments that the they moment, were there. And then the, the moment, characters yeah. that don't get packed immediately, I'm just like, okay, you're yeah. pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah. I didn't like Reggie. As yeah. a person, he yeah. was a really cool fighter. He was a great tactician. I respected the shit out of his ability. Yeah. I didn't like him at all, but like I respected the fact out of his ability. Like he he was yeah. competent. There's like, rarely ever competent. There's rarely ever characters in Jujutsu Kaisen whose entire point is to just be a moment of flex for like another character. Like what little dialogue like even fodders have. Like, some, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, like, sometimes you'll see a character that really didn't do anything and just got, like, dunked on real quick just for the sake of showing growth in another character. I think we could probably find an example of that in Jujutsu Kaisen. But by and large, I want to say for the most part, even if it's a very quick exchange with someone who had no chance against Yuji or Megumi or something, like, we always get something. Either we always learn more about Megumi or whatever character is being focused on that's trouncing, you know, the fodder character or they give us some kind of information that gives us a better idea of like how the world of Jujutsu Kaisen works or something. There's always some plan for the character besides just go out there and get evaporated. And I love that about JJK. Yeah. <clears throat> and this feels like a, a classic ass Jujutsu Kaisen fight to me where yeah. it's like, it, it kind of gives us just a little bit of everything that we want out of the fights. Like it gives us the sick ass choreography gives us the flashy attacks the you know the dynamic application of yeah you know uh abilities and powers within the fight you know yes dynamic paneling like you said yes and then especially to me what stands out is like on page four when they're literally having this just da -da 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 -da, like exchange of choreography and like 
these two bottom panels where they're literally both just getting like a devoted monologue where they're like analyzing each other. Oh, yes. it's just so fucking sick. His output's high and he releases cursed energy with near instantaneous explosiveness. His movements are fast and precise. If I don't guard well, even I'd take damage. Whoosh. He supports with his toughness with his cursed energy. It's like I'm knocking against a massive water tank. Both acknowledging each other's fighting styles and strengths as they're yeah. throwing hands. They love this shit, even though it's tense for both of them. And the way that it's conveyed through more than just smiles and laughter is yeah. just like... It's, it's that deepness that you can expect from Jujutsu Kaisen at this point. Yeah, Even the like inner monologue like breakdown of each other's abilities kind of shows their like thinking style right like yeah. the way they think like dialogue is indicative of thought and i like that it's very distinctive ishigori is prone to metaphor like the entire time he's like ah oh, you know my life never had a dessert if you tell a kid not to eat a feast would they actually listen it's like hitting a water tank, and he's just, he only thinks in metaphors. Oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, whatever, life's a metaphor. You know, he's waxing poetic all the time, and yeah. Yuta's like, analytically, just like, all right, cool, high release, high impact, sharp, precise. Okay, cool, 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 I need to keep this up, I need to keep yeah, this up. Yeah, that's a go, really go. cool thing to point out, is, like, they're, they're both kind of doing the same thing in their analysis of the other fighter, but one of them you know, frames and positions their analysis in a very practical to the point way. And another one speaks, you know, a little bit more poetic, which is indicative of his personality as an old time sorcerer, you know, and so, a romantic and general. a romantic. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a role. He, this guy is definitely a romantic. He's like, I met a woman, a good woman. We did stuff, you know, and I lived my life the best I could, but it just wasn't enough to satisfy me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, God, you are the most machismo romantic dude ever. This is hilarious. Yes. Yes. Um, it's just like, that's crazy. Um, and I really like the culmination of like, because then they have the breakdown of like them analyzing each other. Mm -hmm. And then they have this moment where they're about to do the same move on each other. And they have that kind of like... um when you fight someone, you understand them a little better. Yeah. And they have like a, like a conversation without words where they have like, why am I unsatisfied? And Yuta is like understanding him as he's fighting him. And he's yes. like, I think, you know, that kind of moment. And then they hit the, they hit the little, little back hip, like the little Chinese Bagua kind of like the Shen. Uh, it's the Shen the shoulder check. check, bro. Yeah, yeah the, it's, the it's Shen the, shit. The kung fu, the kung fu body check. Yes, they're using um, cursed energy, yes. <laughs> and he's just like, <laughs> I just heard the sound of like a dodgeball, like hitting someone's face, <laughs> like, <laughs> just as Yuta goes flying. Yeah, that's hilarious with that sound effect there. Wow. Uh, I had that moment. I was like, Whong! Yeah, <laughs> I love the follow through. The follow through in the that's another thing that I love about like Gege's choreography is that whenever like someone is like hit afar, there's always a panel that shows the follow up of the person like not trying to miss a beat and trying to take advantage of every moment, just like chasing him through, you know, his trajectory after the shoulder check so that he can follow up with the another he joint like yeah. bouncing and we get ishigori like yeah like, i love that shit in choreography bro i don't know why that's like one of my favorite you know uh panels to get 
in in fight choreography is I just knocked I you out of the park, but I'm still it. on your heels. You know what I mean? Yeah, never let up, right? Like the fight's yeah. not over till it's over. Why would I let you get up? I'm, why would yeah. I let you have a Sailor Moon transformation scene? Right. Get the fuck out of here! And then Go he, sh down, he shoots down. the he shoots the Pompadour granite blast at him, and he blocks it with his bare hands. And he even like makes a comment like, "Damn, he's even doing shit like that." God damn, this dude's a fucking tank. And he goes back to hit him. It's like the it's like a perfect like exchange of advantage and disadvantage throughout mm -hmm. this fight that also work as like little mini subversions of our expectations because what's so cool about this situation is that Yuta is wildly overpowered and he's been built up as wildly overpowered pretty much the entire time he's been in Jujutsu Kaisen and even a little bit before his reintroduction in Jujutsu Kaisen. We knew he was broken from volume zero as well. So this is all just going into how invincible, you know, Yuta kind of seems, especially with the comparisons to Gojo and shit like that. So we're like, mm -hmm. this dude's just going to run through the culling games. And then to have these two characters introduced that not only seem to be able to hang with him physically, but are also then excited about all of the things about him that make him wildly overpowered and broken. It just creates all of these kind of like little mini stakes inside of his bouts. You know what I mean? It's like, is he actually going to win? We can be pretty, you know, safely assume that, but it's like, they're, you know, you have this character who not only has, like, one of the craziest reserves of cursed energy we've ever seen, but one of the highest outputs of cursed energy we've ever seen, plus reverse curse technique. And they're, like, happy to be fighting him. Not just because they're, like, arrogant warriors looking for a good fight, because they, but also because they seem to have plans and answers for what he has in his kit. Which just, like, brings the tension levels up so high and the uncertainty up so high about how this is going to finish. Because, yeah, we want to assume Yuta's going to win because he's broken, but his enemies don't seem like they care about how broken he is. Slumped. Yeah, they're and they're, they're, they're wildly uh, strong in their own right, but also, like, they know, like, that this dude has a lot going on. And they're like ready for it, so it's like, how is they, this going they to live go? For that kind of stuff, it's yeah. interesting because it shows this sort of mentality. Because like, um, uh, I feel like it's a, it's a, a case of real recognizes real kind of moment for them, and like the idea that if you're good at something and you meet someone that is also good at the, a similar enough thing, yeah, you bond over that. You're like, oh hey, you know, respect, you know, yeah. like. Game recognizes games, effectively, and I yeah. feel like for them, being a jujutsu sorcerer, being deadly at combat, being able to effectively wield their techniques and then also break down the techniques of others, yeah, is exciting to them because even Uro steps in and says, "You're tough, and that's good because I've decided to toy with you." Yeah, I think this is also like really clearly showing us the difference between modern day sorcery and Heian period sorcery, right? Mm -hmm. Because like Yuta is a god and an unstoppable, overwhelming force of nature, just in general, sure, but like mainly from the perspective of modern day sorcerers. The fact that like these back in the day sorcerers see everything that's going on with Yuta and aren't worried in the slightest and in fact are really excited about it. Like I was saying, not just because they're arrogant, you know, mm -hmm. strong warriors that are looking for a good fight, but because this doesn't seem too crazy to them based on their experience. You know what I mean? Like they based have answers. Cultural expectations. Yeah, they have yeah. answers for everything that he's doing. Like they're just a completely different kind of sorcerer 
that they came from an era that recognized Sakuna. Yeah, exactly. Like, like these were Sakuna. Yeah, they, they're, they're from just a, like they're, yeah, yeah, whatever, man. You're not Sakuna. Like, they're from a different shit. time where sorcerers were just tighter, generally, like across mm-hmm. the board. Like the 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 bottom line was a lot higher. They didn't have to hide themselves either. Yeah. They were just there. Yeah, yeah. Which is just really cool to see that in like an un spoken kind of way like you just kind of pick up on mm-hmm. that after seeing megumi versus reggie now that we're seeing uro and ishigori versus yuta all these confirmed olden day sorcerers that are just able to have such a presence immediately after their introduction because gege is just that good at building his world and conveying yeah. the things that he wants to convey and evoking the responses and emotions that he wants to evoke from his audience like you don't need to say it. We can just read between yeah. the lines and see these that these Heon. these Heian sorcerers were different. You know what I mean? Yeah. These Heian yeah. sorcerers, they feel like um, they like a bit like Moreau. They're getting validation off of having a um, at least these two specifically, right? Like Druv was whatever. Yeah. But like, and I can't really speak of them. Kurushi very different. Yeah. But like these two in particular seem to validate themselves based on the quality of their opponents. Yeah. Um Drew was Drew was like foddered Drew was like fodderized by Yuta or whatever, but Kurorishi was still scared of Drew. So it's like a very matchup based thing at the yeah. same time, I want to say, because Drew was probably no slouch at all, but he just had the unfortunate, you know, misfortune of running into Yuta, who probably hard countered him in like every way from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean i so, mean he's a shikiga- he was a shikigami user so yeah. he was like oh yeah i need to yeah. be safe and yeah. then you just, just caught him lacking yeah his ass. yeah <laughs> but like yeah you know what i mean like it's probably like a matchup thing you know what i mean you you have mm-hmm. you have the proper conditions like yuta probably had element of surprise to some degree too like who knows like yuta's not mm-hmm. really like one about like honor like square up on your own too and see me like man to man mano a mano and let's have this be a fair fight if yuta catches you lacking he'll cut your head off before you even know where he is like i'm totally confident that that's the kind of person that he is especially inside of a situation like the calling game so who knows exactly how that situation went down but at the end of the day kurorushi who gave yuta a pretty hard time was worried about Druv, who yuta one shot effortlessly you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it's levels to this shit you know oh man i i love this um little interaction where he punches ishigori right in the pompadour he does the sh- like blasts him with the pompadour as he's doing it. You can see him fly. You can see his hand just absolutely fucked on like page yep. twelve. And page then, twelve is he's missing fingers and shit. He's missing fingers. He's got like uh, like he looks like Deku after doing like uh, <laughs> tapping into all for one early on. <laughs> yeah, one Comes for back, all. You see him. Yeah, one for all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can see him standing up on page 17 his hand is starting to get better he's already got fingers and then by page 19 both hands are fine yep it's that it's rct like, baby that's the rct I <laughs> but CRT, i you can't kill me <laughs> i love that uro like kind of like steps in you know with her broken like sky manipulation shit and Ishigori's like, get the fuck out of here, bitch. This is my fight. And she's like, fuck you. And they kind of like tussle a little bit. So like that adds to, you know, how fun this situation is that even mm-hmm. though it's 2v1 against Yuta, the 
opposing party isn't entirely getting along all that well either so it's like that's a potential you know something that yuta can exploit to like pull out the w but also it just like adds depth to this duo you know what i mean that they're not just like in tandem working together to like beat yuta it's like no there's like some pride involved like they want to be the one mm -hmm. to do it for their own reasons and get the hell out of my way while i do it type shit you know, I, and... I I like situations where, you know, the the antagonists are always together and, like, have, like, a family bond and will do anything for each other. I like those situations, too, but I also really like it when there's infighting in the antagonists. It's individualistic, too. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, with the Sendai Colony stuff, this is slightly in the past, chronologically, right? I think so, like, yeah. I don't this have is pretty the timeline early. memorized, but this is, yeah. This is not happening, so, like, the events of this arc are not happening, like, in linear time. Yeah. Yeah, it's bouncing so, around. do you guys think that he's going to, like, basically beat the brakes off these people? Mm. And then, right before he, like, potentially does, like, the killing blow, because he wants their points, mm -hmm. the little floaty dudes uh, pop up, and they're like, a new rule has been added. You can give people your points <laughs> instead of mur murdering them. And he's just like... Because, oh. like, their personalities are, like, to me, indicative of, like, they care about the fight. Uro seems, like, proud and arrogant and, like, seems to only specifically fight sorcerers. Even Yuta was, like, asking questions, like, so, like, who have you been killing, basically? Like, yeah. have you been killing civilians? Are you a threat to the greater world? And if he has a chance, he's like, you know what? You're a good fight. You want more fights? Fight with me. I'm going to fight against Kenjaku. Like, mm. I'm going for Kenjaku. That's one of the heaviest fights of all. If you thought I was fun, yeah. stick with me. But give me some of your goddamn points. It would really depend on if, um, like, on just, like, how much more, you know, writing we get for Uro and Ishigori before the end of the fight. Because, like, just based mm -hmm. on how it's going right now, I can't see you to trusting them enough to be like, yo, I could just kill you right now, but how about you work for me instead? I feel like that is a little bit too trusting of you to in this situation but then it could if, be a binding vow yeah or it could be a you could do a binding vow thing or it could just you know a, a couple chapters from now or next chapter or the chapter after there's just that much more writing there for uro and ishigori that makes you know yuta and them like each other a little bit more and make that make yeah. a little bit more sense but i mean me personally i think he's about to open up a, dom a domain expansion next chapter and just get these motherfuckers out of here i think that that's like, <laughs> like it's so, like, like his own yeah, you, like, don't, you don't want to think, yeah, and we don't know that he has one. It's not, like, confirmed that he has one. It's 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 really rare still for modern-day sorcerers to have them in general, and we don't have very many examples of, like, human sorcerers using domain expansion still. I mm -hmm. think the only examples we have still are, like, you know, Gojo and Megumi, as far yeah. as, like, human sorcerers that have used domain expansion in front of us. I'm pretty sure it's just those two still. So, like, just based yeah. off of that... I think that it would be right on time for Jujutsu Kaisen to give us the third known human with domain expansion in our face right now inside of Yuta. But at the same time, you almost don't want Yuta to have all of this going on and a domain expansion. Like, that almost feels like too much. But I honestly don't know, like, what else what this last page could mean. <laughs> Personally. Domain expansion. I mean, could be something like that too. But people were acting like Rika's like the Hoover Dam of cursed energy for him. Like he has so much that he has to store some within her. Oh, sure. Within them. 
Uh, yeah, there we go. There access. we go. So like she she is blocking the rest of his reserve, and he's been working on a very finite pool right now, yeah. and he's about to like let the floodgate let the floodgate open. That could it's be like, cool too. Everything. Yeah, that could be that could be crazy too. And he also <clears throat> said a very similar thing to Rika when he beat Suguru Ghetto in Volume Zero. Like he literally like said like like you can have all of me just give me what i need to beat this motherfucker like give me everything or whatever he is a very similar situation i'm pretty sure it's a call back to that now that i think about it but mm -hmm. but yeah originally i was like domain expansion has to be what we're doing here like this is like i've never seen a more obvious setup for a page one domain expansion next chapter is what i thought but now that you've kind of introduced that eagle i think that that feels really good too and i i, I might yeah. want that i mean i want to see a yuta domain expansion but I, I, there's something in the back of my mind that's like, don't give him one. He's already too cold. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad if he come out like, yo, he 10K. <laughs> yeah, straight up. It's like, oh, cool, go man. ahead and give that to me. Otherwise, I think that it would be better, maybe, is what I'll say, if it is what you were saying, Eagle, and he just gets the rest of his curse energy to use and it just evaporates him that way. <laughs> I was of the mindset of what Eagle was going for, that he was like, stockpiling energy yeah. using rika as a stockpiling source mm. and he's just like hey man uh they made me deplete a lot of my energy and uh i need more energy yeah well, especially because of um what the hell is the pompadour dude's name ishigori's dialogue or his monologue rather he's thinking he's like his reverse curse technique is a problem but it consumes a lot of cursed energy he used it every time he used it every time Kudo Rushi, Udo, and I used our big moves, and I think you're finally bottoming out. Yeah. Okotsu. Yeah. And then that leads right into the last page where he's like, give me everything. Oh, you want to know what? I think, you, I think you hit it right now, because normally whenever Yuta's curse energy reserve is talked about, it's talked about as endless, period. Like, there is yeah. literally, like, no end to it. Ishigori has not had that dialogue. He's fighting you to directly right now, and he's like, yo, this motherfucker has a bunch of cursed energy, but he doesn't use the word endless or limitless or I can't see the bottom of it. Like, usually you get that kind of dialogue. But he said things like, yeah, it's like I'm hitting against a water tank, and we've already gotten the water tank analogy in dialogue of Jujutsu Kaisen when talking about Yuta. So that lines up. The only thing that's missing is the bottomless aspect, and that's because he's not bottomless right now, because Rika is, you know, being a, a dam or or whatever you know. Eagle said, I think that that's really cool, and that could be evidence for that, if that's the case. But yeah, man, yeah. I think overall, I feel like that's, that's the kind of thing. What'd you uh, say? Go ahead. He was, I was he, just going to say, I think overall that's about all I had for Jujutsu Kaisen. The only other thing I thought was like super cool was when fucking Ishigori shot the beam at um, Udo. Yeah. And she grabs the air and like spins it around. Yeah. That, that was so shit cool. was yeah. nasty. We had to talk about that panel. And then the page afterwards where it shows the explosion and she's like, ha. And then you can see through her because of the sky. Um you know, she's wearing the sky. You can see the panel. Yeah, but you can see the panel behind her because she's that see-through. Just another, you know, visual, like, really cool, creative visual cue of, like, the effect that her sky wardrobe has. That you can literally see the paneling behind her. That's really fucking cool. I thought it was one of the tightest things. You can also yeah. see, like, the clouds through her on page 17. Yes. And it's just like... 
there's so much cool shit that comes with that. Like you can see the trees through her on the background. So I I love how they um she was probably digitally inserted into like scenes. Like he drew her in the pose that he wanted. He's like, this is roughly where I want her. Yep. Drew her digitally inserted an overlay absolutely to make it nice and smooth and i i, yeah. I i'm all about that kind of stuff yeah it's definitely um, like a layer thing like when you're when you're on the wacom like tablet you definitely have like stationary like images on their own layer and then you're constantly just moving things <clears throat> on top until you have like the composition that you want but still drawing everything individually all the same but it's just easier to to map the composition of your page digitally because you can do everything on layers like that. Man. Oh. The only other idea that I have for like what he could be like readying up on this last page is like a maximum technique. We also have the maximum. We don't have too many examples of it. We we really only have maximum meteor from Jogo and then maximum Uzumaki from Kenjaku at the end of Shibuya. Mm -hmm. But we did get like raw exposition or the concept of maximum techniques. Oh yeah, and Mai's bullet is a maximum technique too. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a maximum technique too. But that is an area of the power system that Yuta could potentially be tapping into right now with Rika. So yeah. those are. I think those are all. The, I think those are all the strongest possibilities. Domain expansion. Yuta is my dam, and I'm now going to open that and have the rest of my cursed energy reserve or maximum technique, which is really a combination of both of those options at yeah, the end of the day <laughs> but I, yeah i wonder because i feel like i i i think it's like because i feel like she's definitely going to bring in a ton of energy mm -hmm. but no matter what the ring seems like a new addition to his abilities and it Oh, as far it's as how the ring works with his cursed energy? Because he's had the yeah. ring. This, yeah, he's definitely he, had the I ring know, in Volume Zero. Yeah. Yeah. I know that he's just like, oh, yeah, no, you know, marry me when you grow up, that kind of thing. Yeah. So is she going to show up, like, fully manifest herself? Like, her his maximum ability is that he fully manifests Rika? Because, like, in the tr fan translation, it says, give me all of you. Okay. As opposed to give me everything. Sure, sure. Um... And so I think it'd be interesting if she fully manifested in a fucking like in a way that we've never seen white before. dress. Yeah. The full fucking bridal dress, like oh, ghost bride, just fuck. Full on just like it's like here not comes. demonic monster, it's like final form like Frieza basically. <laughs> Where you're yeah, just like it's aesthetically. Like final form Rika, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Where she's like part ghost, part like it's just like like that bone where, like Dun, dun, dun. Except for it's here comes the bride. Yeah, ring, yeah, yeah. Ring, ring, ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the vibe I'm going for. Because like yeah. when you were talking about domains, the thing that immediately popped into my head was that he literally just builds a church, and they have to yeah. fight in a church. Like Yo. he creates this. His domain would be a space, and then he would be you know dressed up in a suit, and that would reinforce his thing with using cursed energy. And Rika would be there, dressed in, like, a veil and everything, and they would just tag-team the two of them. That'd be but, pretty crazy to think about, actually, yeah. as far as, like, what his, like, domain expansion would look like, because domain expansions at the end of the day are just, like, you know, hyper-concentrated extensions of your cursed technique. Right? Mm -hmm. And, like, what is his cursed technique again? Like, the ability to copy other cursed techniques? Ooh, so, like, yeah. yeah, so, like, well, I guess now that I think about it, it's like, yeah, I, I, 
I guess I just don't know like what that would look like as a domain expansion. That's his curse technique, right? His copying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and well, it says yeah. he's just really like skilled at. Well, I mean, in Volume like Zero, speech. he was copying, you know, Inumaki Toge's like mm -hmm. curse speech, and like he was he doing even all cursed, that. Copied um Gojo's like purple for a second. Oh, I don't remember that, but I man, think I he did. He, he mimicked it. He he did the hand like same hand sign that Gojo did oh, for like shit. his repulsion ability. Oh, tight, tight. Um, at one point, so like I definitely see him copying other people's abilities, and so maybe he's like Rika, give me everything. Gets a ton of curse technique and cursed energy, and then just starts firing off just technique yeah. haymakers. He's like, okay, Inumakis, Gojos. Uh, fucking Mai's ability, or just or just Ishigori and and Uros right now just starts using their techniques against them in some mm -hmm. kind of way. Maybe give me everything is like give me the rest of my kit back because he hasn't copied a technique since his reintroduction into Jujutsu Kaisen. So maybe give me everything is like my full range of Jujutsu capabilities, including my copying technique on, yeah. on and on top of huge amounts of energy that you're about to unleash for me. No matter what, at the end of the day, regardless of what form this you know what whatever form his next attack takes at the end of the day he's going to get a massive influx of cursed energy from rika yeah. and that's either going to form in the shape of a domain expansion <clears throat> a maximum technique or oh i can copy your abilities again or some combination of all three who knows he could really go so stupid next oh. chapter in a combination of ways if it's a game of matchups like you were saying earlier what if he just does kuroshi's like cockroach swarm oh jesus he's just like i have enough cursed energy that i can just manifest a swarm get fucked yeah. <laughs> i want to believe that there are caveats on his copying ability yeah. that would say the user has to still be alive or something like <laughs> I, I i doubt he can literally just like i've seen your technique i fought against it i'm gonna keep it in the back pocket for whenever he i might have to have it, it explained to him yeah might have to have or it explained like, to him um yeah like the crollo route but i think mm -hmm. that just having a deep enough understanding of the ability would be enough and for like an analytical of mind if like his yeah you know maybe yeah. he knows enough that he's like i could i could copy a granite blast fuck it like yeah. Hell yeah. maybe not the the sky thing but like whatever the fuck that is but... i mean if, he, if that's her technique he can copy it you know what i mean like he like mm -hmm. if he if he wants to like he'll bend the sky too he'll wear you know sky clothes like he'll do like the whole shit so, like, he used fucking curse speech at, like, maximum output first time he ever did. He had, like, a whole, like, megaphone thing amplifying it, too. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that came from. I have to reread Volume Zero, I think. Just so people could hear him. Yeah, or just, like, to amplify it. Because, I mean, like, normally just if you hear the curse speech, I'm assuming the effect of the technique works on you. But, mm -hmm. like, him using a megaphone for it, I'm thinking not just makes it louder so that you can hear it. Because he was pretty close to... The people he was using it on at the time i think it was literally like an amplifier for the for the output not just the volume but anyway i'm excited to see what happens next i think we covered all of the best logical routes for what youtube will possibly do next chapter i think i'm spent on jujitsu this week mm -hmm. brilliant chapter well with that i think we can get into <sighs> chapter 232 of Dr. Stone, the final chapter, Dr. Stone. What a ride. Man. End of an era. What a journey. What a fucking ride. It's been like, what, five years? Yeah. Yeah. And this is like the anniversary Shit. chapter, too, I'm pretty sure. 
is it really? Yeah, which is pretty wild. Okay. Man, that's yeah. something. This, this chapter. Uh, so let's just start off by appreciating just... All this color. Bounty. Seven pages. Seven pages of color. Just straight up off the bat. Yeah, and it's just so amazing. Coming back and down to coming Earth. Back. Yep. Yeah. And then this beautiful double spread with Senku on the top with these fucking amazing sun rays coming through on this beautiful glow effect behind him. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And they all drop down, re-entering the atmosphere. Everyone's celebrating. They get the medals, the fucking Return of the Jedi ending scene. <laughs> Oh, yeah, and this is like five years later or whatever, right? Is, that, is what they go to mm -hmm. afterwards. Yeah, that's crazy that there's a time skip too. Like, seeing all of this stuff, it's like, man, it's like I thought we were going to get an arc for all this. <laughs> like, I was so positive that we were going to defeat Y-Man, come back down, and then have a whole arc of them just, like, going and rebuilding the world. And then it's nope, just like, nope, this shit is done. Here's the time skip. Here's the epilogue. Motherfuckers are getting married. It's just, like, so crazy to see it all, man. It's, and it's, like, I think back to, like, when Dr. Stone came out, and it's, like, I read that first chapter when it first debuted, and I was, like, Eagle would, and, and Kiko would fucking love this. And I, like, go to, like, Eagle, and I'm, like, yo, read this shit, bro. It just dropped this up next. And then he's, like, yo, that was amazing. It really is up next. And then Kiko got on it, too. He's, like, yeah, this shit is super mm -hmm. fucking tight. And then I just, like, never went back to it until <laughs> we decided to fucking, like, cover it. And then I, like, watched the anime and then, like, took the manga from the anime and, like, got caught up, like, by the time mm -hmm. that we were going to start covering and shit. And I'm just thinking the whole time, like, why did I not continue reading this with everyone else? And then it, I don't know what I thought about it. I assumed a lot of things. And then it just became, like, one of the best things that I was reading throughout its runtime. Best yeah. series that's currently been in Shonen Jump. Yeah, I just wasn't ready for how um, brilliant it was going to end up being. There okay, so I just want to touch on uh page two three. Like it reminds me of this quote from Treasure Planet. Um from the cyborg. It's like, you got the makings of greatness in you, but you gotta take the helm and chart your own course, stick to it, no matter the squalls, and when the time comes, you'll get the chance to test really test the cut of your sails, show your way of and well, I hope I'm there. Catching some of the light coming off you that day. Hey. <laughs> it's like that last line. I was just like, yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah. that's that's from Treasure Island that you just quoted. 
uh treasure planet or treasure planet yeah it's been so long <laughs> since i've seen that movie i remember that one though it's like the Ancient. redhead redhead dude with like the middle part and the glasses and the tank top mm. and the suspenders yeah yeah, yeah. now yeah. you're thinking of atlantis oh i think i am yeah, 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 yeah you're thinking of atlantis but treasure planet is about like a sci-fi spacefaring pirate thing yeah, I swear I've seen that too, and I just like can't. It's literally, it's literally Treasure Island in space. It's, it's, yeah. it's that Shoot is up. the story. Yeah, but it's it like really a, it's is, like a but different. I love that movie it. so much. Yeah, hell yeah, um, and yeah, that quote I, definitely fits for the, for the uh, two three spread. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, Ryusuke is like a fucking space pirate anyway. <laughs> like, Ryusuke, he was always dressed yeah. up like Ryusuke. Yeah, he's. I'm so bad at names all the time. It's all good. It's all um, good. Yeah, they're, they're but, tough. Uh, it's tough sometimes. You're yeah. you're picking up what I'm putting down. Yeah, for sure. Um, like he was dressed like Harlock, space pirate, all the way. Um, the thing I liked is that they got like this prize, like they got like a like effectively like a Nobel Peace Prize or whatever the hell it is. So it's like it's EMC squared. It's got like the Earth. It's got like the little Science Kingdom logo yes. on that stuff. Yes. I like that Kohaku straight up fell asleep during the ceremony because it's boring to her. <laughs> yeah, that is that is that is adorable. Wait, who is that next to uh, Stanley? Ryusuke, right? In between Stanley and Senku, that's Ryusuke. He looks so short. He's a little kid. He's a youngin. Yeah, and I and maybe it's just like a perspective thing because like Senku's like way farther away from the yeah. other three, and Stanley's just tall as fuck. So yeah, dude, yeah. Stanley is a giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't look short. That's just perspective. Okay, okay. And then we have on five the high five with uh, Sukasa is amazing, and then the Kohaku. But then you have Luna and Kirisame, and then who's that in the middle? I don't know. I don't know either. Hard to say. Yeah, I don't know either. I don't know why uh, I'm like blanking on that. No, it's not Ruri because she's blonde too. Mm. Yeah, it's brown-haired, green-eyed girl. I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that. Please hit, please hit green us in the comments. Girl. Hit us in the comments if you remember who that is or if you know who that is. But okay, sure, Helen Suika, she's green. Yeah, yeah. Plus, we get Suika yeah. like on the next page right there. Yeah, anyway, very so. next. Yeah. But yeah, and then also oh. like on this spread on the last half of the title page spread, Senku's shirt, his E equals MC squared thing, it was like tripping me out because it looks like a C instead of an E. And I think I'm just missing the horizontal line in the middle because it's covered by the scarf maybe, but it looks like it's sitting up so oh. high or something like that. But that's got to be what it is, right? That's not like, oops, we accidentally it's, put a C instead a of an C. E. Yeah, but I, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a C, but like, I feel like the scarf is like covering. It's just a smiley face. I don't know. <laughs> but we know that it's supposed to say E equals MC squared. And I'm just wondering if it's just the scarf covering the horizontal line that completes the E or if it's actually just that's got to be what it is. There's no way they would miss that. There's no way. There's yeah. no way that, that, that that's a mistake. OK, anyway, I don't know why I like How I just like saw it and was like, I'm going to say something. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, five years later, Taiju and fucking Yuzuriha are getting married, and they're getting married all week, and it's just everything I full wanted. Full weekend, maybe. Everything I wanted for that, or full weekend, whatever. But it's just like everything I wanted. I'm so glad that we're seeing that. Yeah, that's chapter one payoff. Yes. We get Yuzuriha's parents. Yeah. Page I 10. like how the mom's hair matches her fucking headphones. <laughs> oh shit, yo! And the dad like. <laughs> Kind of looks like he could be Taiju. Taiju's dad. <laughs> yeah, he just looks like Brock. 
right now in this panel. Yeah, old Brock. Damn. Old Brock, yeah. She it might be Taiju's it might be Taiju's dad actually. Oh wait, know, this like... might oh wait. No, that's gotta be uh, that's gotta be Uzuriha's parents. Because I was gonna say maybe it... it's Taiju's parents instead, but Uzuriha's mom is definitely it's definitely gotta be. Her I mean, look at hair. that swirl. That's yeah, the swirl, the swirl. So this has to be Uzuriha's parents. Oh man, that's funny because that means that Uzuriha really was just trying to bear. Like, it's like, um, oh god, that idea that we seek partners that resemble our parents. Resemble in our some parents way. in in yeah. some way. Yeah, 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 I've heard that. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, she really did that. She's like, I'm gonna marry someone that's like my dad. Yeah, well, if that is like you know like a you know, Ryichiro and Boichi kind of, like, telling us that, like, low-key, unspokenly, <laughs> and that's really cool, but... Funny. Stanley and Yo got the real blickies this time, you know what I'm saying? The real nine millies and shit, the real yeah. Glock hours, no more Stone World Glocks and shit. No <laughs> more top, top revolvers and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's I like awesome. how they're shooting down gifts. Or balloons and stuff just for fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like that Chelsea came in and like brought wedding gifts and she's like, polish, 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 and boom. Yeah. Who needs a ring? We got fucking minerals, baby. Chelsea's so good. I fucking love Chelsea. Really? And now Kohaku's like, yo, Ruri, you and Chrome, you know what I'm saying? What's good? And then Ruri's like, well, she's about like, I already that. said yes. Yeah. I already said yes, don't worry about Chrome it. Chrome <laughs> just pulls up and is like, check it out, I know that I've never like actually made a move on you, and that's been like a running gag the whole time, but like, now that we're all done with all this shit, like, we're gonna get married at, when we're done with all this, right? Like, we can skip the games, we can we can stop bullshitting. <laughs> I was like, alright, hey, bet! Hey girl, I helped save the world. You wanna just go? <laughs> yeah, ready to be my wife, now that I am bonafide, bonafide planet saver. Bonafide science Ooh. man in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Real manly man. I ain't no caveman no more. <laughs> yes. And then Tsukasa, uh, we can just count on him to be that, like, you know, moral, philosophical, like, poetic writing, like, wrapping up, like, a lot of, like, the emotional side of, like, things when it comes to all of the conflicts that we've kind of seen throughout the series. Hyoga, Zeno, and I once bloodied our hands to prevent the rebirth of the old world's hierarchies. But at this point, the idea of such a grim future is a distant memory. So much growth in that. So much, like, like that really just, like, shows the progression of the writing thematically throughout Dr. Stone. I just mean, inside of Tsukasa, this real quick dialogue bubbles for him. Love that. They are right, though. Yeah. Like, once you get to a point of civilization, like, you're going to have rules. You're going to have laws. Mm -hmm. And just because it happened during a time of chaos doesn't mean... You're gonna get away with that shit. Yeah. And it's they're like, like yes, yeah, they're... we killed a lot of people. Like yeah. the world was shitty and we saw this as a way to reset and not have the world be so shitty as we bring it back to life. But at the end of the day, it's like just because the world got to a point where it was so shitty using these where rules. It was easy to do this. Doesn't yeah. mean that rules aren't important. And I understand like... that now. <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah. it's crazy, because, like, it would be, like, the Stone World version of, like, war crimes, effectively. It's just like, hey, you know what? You, you killed, like, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah? And? Yeah, and Hyoga's uh, even, like... by the main cast. 
Yeah, and Hyoga's like, once law and order is established in the new world, we will likely find ourselves judged and condemned. And just, like, resigned himself to that. And Ukiyo looks at him like, bruh, you helped save the fucking world with us at this point, man. Like, yeah, like, what you did was, like, shitty, but we, like, brought everyone back to life with Dr. Stone anyway. So, like, it's all good, man. Like, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Like, you're on, you're on the winning team. You're a part of, you know, the saviors that brought that are, are the reason why we're all here right now in the first place. So I'm pretty sure it's if all good. If there's anything man. I've learned from the anime manga community is that everybody loves a good old-fashioned war criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say redemption arc. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you said war criminal and I'm screaming. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. So this page turn into like hot Senku was just like holy fuck. Funny as hell. Why is this a thing again? I feel oh. like she is a fan of Senku, and it's funny that like you've gotten to a level of popularity and fame that people are just emulating you. <laughs> Yo. Like. <laughs> because he even says mistaken identity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He's like, oh, oh, you're not actually Senku. No, I'm just a, a Senku wannabe. <laughs> yes. Huge fan. <laughs> yes. Oh, man. And then I like how they're, like, just breaking Gen's mind, talking about, like, the various things that, the like, the Medusa is able to just, like, the rules of physics that it just breaks. Yeah. It, this was cool to, like, get, like, a further breakdown of, like, exactly how, like, the Medusas work. It's, like, they're basically just, like, altering the mass of whatever it is they're targeting, whether it's themselves or other things. They lower mass when they need to fly. They raise mass when they want to petrify. All that is cool. But I read this, I read this uh, manga weekly for the last couple of weeks, or at least uh, since the start of this arc, with a couple of my buddies who are, like, big-time physics guys. And my homeboy, Jacob, like, read this explanation about the Higgs field and reducing its mass or weight to zero allows it to fly sounds good to us but apparently to people who understand physics a little bit deeper than your average reader like my homeboy jacob was like no mass zero that would not be the effect of having no mass it would be like completely different like i don't remember exactly how he worded it but apparently if your mass goes to zero it's not you wouldn't get the effect of just hovering above ground slightly like it would be a whole host of other like wild and crazy things so hmm. it's it's not really a gripe i mean for me anyway like it, i'm not a science nerd yeah like i'm not a science nerd like that but i mean like at the end of the day like we can come to expect like really close to perfect science and like scientific explanations for things that happen in dr stone and the fact that they're like making us suspend a lot more disbelief than we usually do in dr stone for the ending can be you know kind of irritating to people i want to assume but like my my philosophy on it is like yeah even though like time machine and medusa you know functionality even though all of these things seem kind of weird compared to the consistency of scientific realism that yeah. we've had throughout the course of of dr stone's publication history like i'm happy that it's just all shoved in towards the end yeah. you know what i mean like for, for us real. to get like all of this like really well done newtonian stuff from the start of the series until this last arc and really just like the last like four or five chapters of it is where you put all of like the kind of hand wavy stuff like that's fine we didn't I'm need okay that. We, for a story like dr stone that had like such a mysterious 
you know, explanation on the horizon the entire series while we're doing all of this raw scientific method that's entirely accurate. Like, what kind of ending were we expecting? Like, I could have definitely seen a mind-blowing, holy shit, this is the craziest ending and most perfect ending I've ever seen. Like, of course we want that. But at the end of the day, for something that was hinging on such a potentially polarizing conclusion, I'm happy with it just being good enough or okay. Like, having an okay ending that's not, like, super polarizing and having the streets fighting each other like back and forth on whether it was good or bad is everything that an ending for dr stone should be in my opinion like of course I've, we want it to be great but the fact that it's not terrible is a huge w for a story like dr stone i mean it makes yeah. sense that some of the hand wavy shit would be it towards the end because right. like 99 percent of the story was covering mm -hmm. inventions that have already been made by humankind so it's yes. literally just like here's the steps here's the material yeah. this is how we make it that's confirmed that's fact yeah this is how but when you're talking right. about like <laughs> when you're talking about like independently intelligent like alien ai <laughs> that can free form float throughout space and right. has like literal sentient intelligence for each and every one of these fucking things and yeah. then now you're talking about a fucking time travel machine this is obviously shit that we don't fucking that we have not invented yet right okay so there's gonna have to be a little bit of like suspension of disbelief when it comes to the fucking process of how they're making these things and the that's right scientific process that goes into them now for know? the medusas that's fine because that's like the supernatural or or, or extra normal you know factor that we've always known was going to be a part of dr stone like as soon as chapter one hit and we saw that the petrification light did what it did we already knew right away that that wasn't technology that we have that is sci-fi right away like that was the that's chapter one so like you put it right at the beginning and just set that precedent that there's going to be an extra normal element outside of what we're capable of that's going to be expounded on at some point in the series. You give us, like, perfect Utonian scientific method application from that point until the very end and then say the explanation for that thing that you knew was science fiction already from the beginning is something that's relatively hand-wavy compared to the rest of the explanations we've had up until this point. It's not that bad. The introduction of the time machine seems like an extra you know, suspension of disbelief on top of the Medusas that some people might not think is necessary, but I just see it as like, hey, this is Senku. We've been building him up as the smartest mind the world has ever seen since the beginning. Why not end it with him inventing something that real world still has yet to do? Yeah. To just further reinforce that point that Senku is that man. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, I think it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, so it's totally fine. Feel... Yeah. I feel really satisfied with the ending of this because it focuses on the idea of science being an ever-growing constant, like a, like a constant progress. Mm -hmm. And so having a science... Like, I would be upset a little bit with the series if they're like, Sanku's like, well, I saved the world. I'm going to rest on my laurels. You know, like, I'm done. I don't need to do anything more. It's like, no, he, he wants to do more. He wants to push... He wants to break the time barrier, right? Yeah. And, like, I like that they convinced the Y-man that's with them, saying, like, oh, yeah, no, it's going to save a lot of Medusa lives, you know, just yeah. by not having this stuff. And they even postulate, like, yeah, maybe we can, maybe we can't. Here's a couple different things we could do, possibly, if we can't physically transport ourselves or anything, but, like, maybe we can 
send in data into the pass and yeah hopefully it's something like that because i really don't want to believe that senku is just willingly you know throwing the lives of all of the stone yeah no just like throwing like i like he's he's willingly going back in time to prevent the initial petrification which would then erase all of the stone world born Mm -hmm. characters from existence yep chrome and maru would never exist Exactly. Alternate timelines, hopefully. Yeah, maybe it's well, like branch yeah. universe theory or something, and and it, it creates I... a branch instead of like a rewrite. That would be cool. But like, I hope it's just sending information. Wait, no, because even if you send the information back in the past, it would unravel. It would, it would, it would still be the same effect because then they would know. Well, I don't know if it would. I don't know. I honestly that's, don't know like why, why the time machine perfect, is like a thing. Yeah, it's a perfect ending point because after that point, it could literally be anything. I'm glad that the last chapter involved the time machine because it's just like, it's a nice, who knows? It could be anything. Fill in the blank yourself. Find the answer that you're satisfied with. And some people might even say like, you know, we might never figure it out. Like, it's like, it's like we can build it over decades, centuries, even if it takes a millennia. Yeah. They may never actually succeed in building the time machine, but they have high aspirations. And I think that's the important part and a little bit of the heart of the series is that there's A, potential, and B, hope. Period. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and I like how uh, there's this little nod to Ray, the artificial intelligence from the Byakuya reboot on mm-hmm. page 22 in the, in the Dr. Zeno panel. That's really yes, cool. Yes, I really, really appreciated that's that wild so that much. we're seeing ray in uh in this chapter because like that's confirmed by Richiro Inagaki as non-canon so, so it like, might specifically be... because of ray and we were talking about why that decision was made to make the byakuya reboot not canon it's because ray's existence is an alternate know, timeline <laughs> well not just an alternate timeline but it's just like so sci-fi that it like creates too much of a suspension of disbelief for the story mm-hmm. of dr stone i was assuming was the reason why it was chosen as not canon was just because of ray but now I... ray is here in this chapter so it's like it's it's just yeah. in a flashback or like or whatever like she's not actually in the scene obviously but like still like i think that it is like the parallel universe kind of thing oh where, sure like in the Byakuya reboot, that Ray exists. But in this world... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Lucky Land Slots. Asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ray doesn't exist. 
they don't know what a and it's literally just a theory that oh, Zeno had. Wait a minute. So they're so they're <clears throat> bringing information into the past now that they have knowledge of artificial intelligence. And they're sending it yes. to things. So and they're sending it in the past so that they can create Ray create and make the, the Bianca Yaku reboot, reboot canon. Fucking alternate timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so it's not technically canon because it's not the main story, but they, I love that the canon story gave a lifeline to the reboot as an explanation for why <laughs> it exists in the first place. Nah, he had that shit cooking the whole time. I know. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't tell it's people. not canon. He couldn't tell people. Yet. Wait until the last chapter. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not canon no. yet because we have to go back in time and send the information of the Medusa yeah. AI to NASA so that they can create Ray. <laughs> yeah. That's so That's fucking it. ridiculous to think about. Feels good, don't it? Yeah, a little ah, bit. A little that, bit. That's, that's payoff. I love that. Wow. I love it dawned that. on me as you guys were talking about that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, me too. It yeah, me good. too. Good. <laughs> Dude, that little like song was just like, oh, realization. Yes, what a hell of a drug. I'm like, yo, the Biakuya shit is the fucking alternate, yo. <laughs> yeah, it's the timeline. Uh, like, I've always been like really excited about time travel and like. Movies like The Twelve Monkeys or Looper and yeah, stuff. If yeah. if you guys are interested, if any of our viewers are interested in time travel movies, the classics, the classic one is going to be uh, Twelve Monkeys. A good one is Looper, and the third one that is like my friend personally recommends is Tenant. Tenant, yeah, yeah, where yeah, they I have. That. I haven't seen it, but oh, I remember it's a crazy one. About it's that. a crazy yeah. one. Mm -hmm. Please watch it if you if any of you like. Time travel and science fiction, that's a good one to help wean you off the soon-to-be void of Dr. Stone. <laughs> yeah, that shit's wild, man. I mean, all in all, love the series. I think I can comfortably give it, like, from what it feels like right now anyway, just coming fresh off the chapter. I want to just, like, I feel like this is just, like, an easy nine overall, at the very least. Um, it's something that I always, like, saw as, like, a 10 out of 10 series, um like while i was reading it and then now that we're here at the end and it's not even like any of my gripes even are even like a big deal but like i feel like not like it might go up to like 9.5 with like a reread or something like that but this feels pretty close to like everything that it needs to be so it's hard yeah to not score it any lower than that but i feel like this is the story that like the end this is the kind of ending that dr stone needed to function like not like Oh, it was necessary, but like it's a good open ended finish yeah. that checks off a lot of boxes, gives a lot of characters closure, and then also it's it frames the story as like the world's not over. Yeah. The story's not over. These character stories will go on and move forward. We just won't be around to watch it. Yeah. It could and have so easily I, been an I ending. Really appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. It, it, Somebody it, in Yeah. Somebody in the Twitch live chat was saying um, that there's supposed to be one more thing for Dr. Stone from Jump Giga. Uh, yeah, I didn't know about like what, I mean, I didn't know about it being in Jump Giga, but I did, um, I was talking to Shonen OG too while I was reading the chapter on Sunday, and he was talking about um, Richiro Inagaki tweeting something, you know, for Japanese people, and then also tweeting something for, you know, overseas Westerners in regard to the final chapter, and both you know, tweets included 
a line of dialogue from Riichiro Inagaki that said, it's it's not over, there's more coming, basically. Like, there's one more thing that there's going to be at least. So, it's so gonna what be if like there's literally... Like a, what if it's another chapter to the Byakuya reboot? One final chapter. Literally hey. putting a fucking bow on all this shit because I'm 100% sold now that that is just like... <laughs> The timeline that they that was created from them going back in time. Yeah, and it's fuck around, drop another chapter of that reboot. Yeah, man, it's literally that'd be like crazy. Ray stopping the petrification or whatever the fuck happens. Something I don't even. I, I really don't want to believe that the that anything really changes the fact that Ruri and Kohaku and all of them are born. I really think that that yeah, would be, that would be that would really be sad to to know that that's what they're going to do and to not give any writing you know, like, character-wise for that before it happens would be a pretty crazy decision for them to make. So I'm really interested to see exactly what the next thing is that Riichiro Nagaki was talking about when he said that it wasn't over. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm just happy that Dr. Stone got an ending. It, it could have very easily been an ending that had people fighting constantly with each other about whether it was good or bad, like like Attack on Titan or Promise Neverland or something. But I'm just happy that the ending was relatively well received, at least so far, you know, throughout the community. Mm -hmm. It's what it deserves, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's kind of nice that Taiju brought a cake because this ending feels like I got my cake and I got to eat it too. Yeah. Like, I'm really happy with this ending. Um Oh, he made the time machine look like a Medusa. I didn't even like it. Does put that I was going to mention that next? I saw I saw um, it on the roadmap to like the goal of the time machine, and like I and I noticed that that shape on that page. But then I go back to the actual like time machine shit, and it's also oh, the a, thing where he's like eighteen nineteen. Yeah, yeah, eighteen nine. Yeah, and it's just like also a trefoil knot. So I'm like, Love oh damn, that. it's like actually what Love it is. That. I don't know how I didn't notice that before. I feel, <laughs> feel kind of dumb, but there yeah. it is. It's zoomed out. I like yeah. it because, like, if a tiny Medusa was able to do something that crazy, but, mm -hmm. like, humans don't have the technology to make something that small still be effective, yeah. the obvious solution is to just make it big as hell. Yeah. So they can make it to scale. Like, that's, that's pretty fucking dope. Um, uh, Senko would say, I was excited. Hell yeah. So I say, get excited. Yeah, what a perfect last dialogue bubble for Dr. Stone. And this drawing of Senku. So beautiful. Yeah, I saw that shit and I was like, thumbnail. Thanks, Boichi. <laughs> perfect thumbnail. Even his tie. There's... Yeah. Mm. I like the little detail of the tie. He's got Ooh, like nice. this flower got, or something. Like, paisley, paisley. Um, it's got some shit. sort of flower. I don't yeah. recognize it. If anybody in the comments is a bit of a holter culturist or anything, if yeah. they can tell me what the flower is, I would love to know the symbolic meaning of that flower. Isn't that I the feel same? Like it's a very um, intentional choice. Yeah, isn't it the same design that you see on like bandanas and shit? Um. Like, I feel like I see that design on ties like all the time. That's like a. Like, like the standard Thai flower paisley-ish. Actually, no, I don't think that is the bandana design. But it looks like a specific kind of flower. It does. You're totally right. You're totally right. Yeah. But other than that, I've got nothing. I'm... Yeah. Farewell, Dr. Stone. Uh, Thank farewell, you. Farewell, Dr. Stone. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the great conversations. Week to week, the story, the art, everything. We love it. We love you, Dr. Stone. And yes. 
Yeah. Let us know in the comment section what uh, series you think we should replace it with. But uh, yeah. yeah, I think. Who do you that'll, believe? That'll, that'll be it, successor. man. Yeah. Thank you, Doctor Stone, for all the all their good times and say la vie, man. It's always yeah. a little bittersweet. Like I'm always really satisfied at the end of a series, but then I'm just like, oh, there's no more. Is over, <laughs> yeah. It is over there. Very melancholic. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. But that'll do it. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into chapter 346 of My Hero Academia, Super Hyper Unfair Broken Stage. I didn't even know that was the title until right now. That's hilarious, because that's exactly <laughs> what it is. I'm screaming. For real. <laughs> Super Hyper Unfair Broken Stage. <laughs> <laughs> It's like that map on Super Smash Bros. with the tree that blows you off. The Kirby oh, map. Yeah, the Kirby map. Uh, <laughs> or the Super Mario uh, map. That trouble changes tree lines or something like that. Super Mario Sunshine map that yeah. fucking changes every yes. 30 seconds. Oh my god. Fuck that map too. <laughs> I got Jesus. a funny ass story from Thanksgiving with Mike and Jack that I'll have to tell you. Jack was literally like running around the house screaming that Mike's a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> I can already picture the entire scene. <laughs> <laughs> it was the grimiest shit I've ever seen on Super Smash Bros, bro. Yeah. But let's continue. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I love this man. chapter, man. I love how, like, this is how they're, you know, kind of showing the teamwork of everyone involved leading into the defeat, uh, the inevitable defeat of the villain kind of, like, league here. And, like, we see these kind <laughs> of, like, combos, you know, with the whole squad against a common enemy, like, pretty often, I want to say, in Shonen manga. But I'm just happy that in a story like My Hero Academia, they're going the route of it's not just our abilities that are working together in tandem as we bring you down. It's like all of our different strengths, you know, in areas outside of combat coming together to it's work teamwork. in combat as teamwork to defeat you instead of just all of our quirks combined, giant, you know, Power Ranger laser beam to beat you. <laughs> oh, I like I like the nuance of, of, yeah, yeah, I like the... You know how deep the the teamwork is is going on the unconventional side of things. Oh man, like I love that. Like Momo and Denki are just like, yeah, I'm Charge Bolt, I'm Creative. Like they actually are like, no, who are you? And I'm just like, I'm this fucking hero. Let's go. Yeah, it's very hype. Like even though they're like, cause like. They all got to be using hero names for this. This is the final bout. You know what I'm saying? This like this final, final form, everybody got, right they, now. They got, yeah. they got their like hero names. They've mm -hmm. really come into their own. Like I remember uh, Denki was just like, oh yeah, no, I'll run out of charge. And I'm, he's just like, I'm powering a flying city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this oh, manga just... Fukidashi dude, I just remember how much Nickums hated so this character. When he was on the show and we were reviewing this, he's like, this, this power is so dumb. It doesn't fit in with, like, anybody else's powers of how it always, like, seems to have, like, a pseudo-scientific explanation for everything. Manga Fukudashi is just matter, or not, uh, not matter, but reality manipulation. Yeah, like, metaphysical, like, small-scale reality warping. And he just thought that that was so out of place. For but, I mean, idea. after after we've seen a lot of it, it doesn't really seem that way. It yeah. just seems like cataclysmic effect that these like automatopoeia these sounds and effects have on the environments around them you know yeah what I mean? yeah it's not it's mm -hmm. definitely not like, like he definitely great. couldn't write like disappear and you fucking 
You yeah. Know what I'm saying? Well, who knows? I yeah. mean, we just haven't he, gotten enough focus on him. But yeah, as far as what we've gotten so far from him, it hasn't really. The same been black clover. I think it's most. <laughs> I think it would be most reminiscent of Apu's power because that is Ooh. also really centric around like onomatopoeia sound effects and like what they're usually associated with within manga. Like he has the doom attack that's like a fucking boom. Yeah. He has the slice attack. I think. Yeah, yeah it's that, not. It's not too crazy. It's really yeah, grounded I mean, within the onomatopoeia. Whatever whatever effects they can cover is yeah. effects he can have. Yeah, it's not but too, outside of that. You yeah. know, yeah. I don't it's know. It's got a healthy limit. It's and not it's, like word magic or something. You know. Yeah, like and and especially swords. with um, you know, after a fight like Star and Stripe, and like seeing like what you know <laughs> yeah. that quirk was. It's like I don't care not, about a Fukudashi guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely not it's that like, yeah, crazy just when you consider Star and Stripe. Yeah, but I just remember how. It's pissed, yeah, Nick. I remember did. too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Oh god, that was. I, yeah, I also do remember, funny. like at the time, too, being like, not that big of a deal, but. <laughs> it was very funny. It was yeah. very funny. I was it like, was if like... they were having him do like super extra shit with this onomatopoeia, then like I could kind of hear you, but they don't give him too much, despite his power, so it's fine. He's there to be funny. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, Until and I now, do like how the dialogue it. bubble on his head also says. Bwah! And he's like, I'm like, wow, over here, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And his like, head oh, dialogue cool bubble guy. actually says that too. That. Yep, yep. Hell yeah. Oh, and, then, and look, oh. on the on the bottom right panel of page fucking ten, all of his dialogue is coming out of his neck. You see that? Oh, are you talking about eleven? Eleven. Uh, eleven. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Bottom ten. This plan falls That's his neck. without us. Yeah. We got to give it our all to keep Shigaraki locked here. <laughs> yeah. That's I want a creative see... use of paneling. Yeah. <laughs> that's a very creative use of paneling. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant Fucking for sure. Spot, I want to say that that's always been a thing, but just never noticed. It. I think so too. Yeah. But he gets gets such little screen time that it's like, how could you remember that? But oh man that's so exactly. cool yeah i love the but i like, love the choreography too on uh going back a little bit towards the beginning of the chapter when oh, yeah. shigaraki comes down and starts the decay the paneling on that page is just fucking beautiful with like the half circle gutter going around mm -hmm. his hand to just give him no background as he Absolute touches down on the ground yep yep it, just to highlight you know the shit specifically and maybe that's like a representation of like the unseen energy that kind of like comes out from decay before it starts to destroying things who knows but it's mm -hmm. just like a creative paneling choice to represent this this scene and then the the fucking shit notices the decay the button it. is pressed it ejects him up so that he can't keep destroying the ground by having his hand as like a constant Yeet. you know source of destruction to keep the channeling going so it interrupts that shoots him into the sky he runs into the fucking electric barrier while he's all tensed up and locked up from from the zap, Best Genius grabs him with the shit and just drags him along the ground with Steel another genius. great example of creative paneling on page six. I love everything oh, about man. it. Yeah, I, I love it because he's like using like what was it stainless steel cables to like reduce the amount of decay and like it's just crazy because I love that page on three where he touches the thing. You can see like the ground decay like literally the bottom of the panel decaying at his own touch yeah right like the panel breaks yeah where he touches it yeah and then 
because of how their defense mechanism is set up, I like the idea that they're like, yes, there are layers to the things he breaks. Because yes. even though he's decaying the panel, he's decaying the ground, there's still layers. Yes. And he, he can only affect reach. one layer at a time. So then before he breaks through the first layer entirely, the second layer is coming up to eject him and the decay hasn't reached that yet. So it won't continue to spread because he's been disconnected. <laughs> From his decay contact point mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's just that. like so fire and i love best genus dialogue here as long as your brain and muscles are still operating your body then a powerful electric current will make you stiffen up and i love when inside of fictional stories with superpowers they always tie it back to like a human biological like physical element, weakness despite the power right because it's like yes you can get thrown into buildings and survive. You can, you know, crumble entire fucking landscapes with the touch of a hand. But, like, I can still affect you in ways that are human. It reminds me a lot of um, Dwayne McDuffie's Fantastic Four. Because he had Black Panther. Black Panther was on Fantastic Four during that run. And they've run into Silver Surfer for one reason or another that I can't really remember right now. But Black Panther squares up with Silver Surfer and, like, throws him in, like, an arm bar or some shit. And... He says something along the lines of like, um, your your physique is, your I'm I'm wagering that your physique is is as human is as humanoid as as it appears, and if that's the case, you won't be able to break this hold despite your vastly superior strength, and it's like cool shit like that, yeah, because it's like Silver Surfer bodies Black Panther one v one like there's no chance in hell, but he caught him off guard and threw his body into position to where he has no more leverage. And, like, even though he's, like, wildly more powerful, he can't break the arm lock because he just, you know, leverage and physics and shit anatomy like that. Anatomy says that. Yeah, anatomy, you know, like, shit like that. So I love when writers, like, do that inside of their their wildly fictional stories. It's just, like, brings a realistic element to it that kind of ups the tension a little bit for me. Yeah, and I love Best Genius's dialogue here when, uh, when Shigaraki's kind of like, yo, like, you got a good plan here, but this is a losing game in this battle of attrition here because you, we're floating and you're giving up the ground free. Yeah. And he said, he said, you needn't worry. We are replete with that particular resource as hey. the fucking panels are ching, 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 ching. And then it fucking um, shows like obviously like Cementos and, and uh, Momoyala and creating more fucking... Uh, oh yeah, that is power loader. He's moving the shit into place. Yep, yep. Cementos making yep. blocks. Power loader moving them into place. Yes. Momo making steel fucking shit. Yes. Just everybody playing their part, man. Beautiful. Even lunch rush in the background producing high calorie content food. I didn't even Momo notice this motherfucker. Oh my god. Oh, I love that. I love that yeah. touch for me. So good. I was just like, yeah, lunch that rush, baby. So you haven't been around since season one. Yes, and <laughs> just un yeah, I didn't even notice, bro, either, but that's just so perfect to like bring it full circle and just complete the fucking puzzle. Makes total sense. Yeah. That is one thing I thought, like, man, Momo can just like she's got no problem with she's her. She's spamming her now. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. like no, that makes total her. sense. He's in the background on his charming his shit. shit. Yeah. On his charming shit, like industrial <laughs> Eat up. Yeah, Look at that really industrial good. rice cooker. Man. Yeah. That's really You good. know that, like, the support that's that, Yeah, that's that Chipotle like... rice cooker for real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chinese cafeteria rice cooker, like, boom. <laughs> yeah, that's fucking wow. awesome. Oh, I love little, like, unspoken shit like that. Like, it doesn't need to be explained. You just kind of, like, see it, and it's tight. 
when you notice it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like how they're just like, yeah, we weren't quite sure how you functioned, but we got enough information that we came up with this to make it work. And it's crazy that they're like, okay, cool. Nezu being like high spec and then having our inventor like co-opt that idea and like change it all up to like create the flying fortress to like replete them and then it's like all those moving parts like it requires like phantasm it required power loader credits mentos the principal all the charge kids the electro kid, electrokinetic kids, um, lunch rush, everybody. It took like 20, 30, 30 people to like make that kind of thing function. Period. Yeah. And it's just for one dude. It's for one dude. But I think that's poetic because like during uh, the Paranormal Liberation Front art. Mm-hmm. Deku said to Shigaraki, I won't forgive you. And Shigaraki's response was, I won't forgive any of you. Yeah. He is literally a man against the world, period. Like, Mm -hmm. he does, he resents anything and everyone. He is given up. He feels like he was given up by the world, and so he's given up on the world. And... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumbo Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumbo Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. That is like reflected again in his conversation because with against Eraserhead, and he's like, I used to think you were so cool. You turned to be a quite a letdown Eraserhead. And that's because he's like, oh, you're relying on others? Yeah. That is like so antithetical to like my personality that that's weak. Yeah. Everyone that's was weak. relying on you before, and now you're relying on everyone else. Yeah. Not as cool Where... as you once were. Yeah, and it's just like, you just don't get teamwork. Like, you've never... Yeah. Never understood, valued it. Yeah. The situation with Monoma, like, like, copying the Erasure, but then Eraser kind of supplementing the time limit caveat for Monoma's copying ability with constant contact. Yeah, that's just, like, such a cool and workaround yeah it's a cool workaround that makes enough sense like it, it makes honestly it makes all the sense in the world i wonder though because i'm like trying to like think of like times where where um like an analog for like where i've seen like something like this before i can't think of anything off the top of my head but it's kind of like when you get like an invincibility star in you know mario kart 
and then <laughs> before the time runs out on it you just like run into another one again and it just keeps it going that's not the best example i swear to god there's a better one but like but, that's like, really does, cool it, that like it's familiar yeah. enough and makes enough sense yeah it's like constantly refreshing the cooldown yeah 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 there you go something like it, that like video game wise yeah um and i love the manuals there to like help monoma not blink yes. <laughs> and i'm just like yeah they brought him they brought our boy back like yeah. because we were asking it's like man yeah we expected monoma and Eraserhead to function as part of like a team to like go do crowd control and anti court control yeah how are they going to bypass the fact that he has one eye and dry eye? Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. So, like, I'm glad that, like, this is the workaround. And yeah. I really appreciate it. I feel like it's a, it's a very simple, elegant, like, slightly outside-the-box kind of uh, thing, you know? Yeah. Um, Manoma's all gassed up, like, look at him, like, peak confidence, like, ha ha ha, we're too tight for you, motherfucker. What's good? Main right. character, whooping you up. Bet you didn't see that Stop. coming. Go fuck yourself. I'm Manoma. <laughs> is, okay, so I don't know if this is, like, a typo or a pun. Staring or, roll? Staring roll or starring roll, because he's literally using his eyes to stare at Shigaraki, and he is, mm. you know... There are no uh, second best actors. There, you are all starring. You are all starring uh, players. Yeah, kind of thing. It's gotta so, like, be. It's got. Please, please yeah. let it be a pun. Otherwise, it's just a glaring typo. Yeah, yeah. Some really tight. Um, on page twelve. In the uh, the panel where it's we are those who stand against the doom you bring. You can see Mirko yes. running along the steel thread. Oh, yes. I just noticed yes. that when I first got to the page just now. And edge shots just raveled, uh, like, you know, twisted. And that little black lightning bolt underneath Mirko is edge shot. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I didn't even notice him the first time. I thought it was um, a tatter of Shigaraki's cape. Oh, oh shit. Uh, yeah. Initially. Mm -hmm. But now that I was, like, really looking at it, I was like, oh, damn, that's really cool. Yeah. And, like, I love that Best Genus is using fibers, and as it decays, he's just like, nope, I'm twisting it off. Like, it's gone. Where are you I don't care. That? I have. Um, so he's been using the wires at them, but, like, they have to be decaying. It's something that is touched, right? Yeah. But I'm I'm wondering if you're actually seeing art that is kind of explicit. I'm not seeing it. Oh, okay, like, okay, okay. I'm assuming because, yeah. like, I don't know that Shigaraki's really gotten the hand on one of them yet. Yeah, um, I don't. Yeah. There's on <coughs> page. Oh six, yeah, on page six. Bottom bottom right hand corner. Yeah. They're kind of fraying. Yep, yep. He broke. He so definitely I've... broke their hold. And then there's a panel after that that shows something decaying. Yeah. That one segment of the uh, ground was launched up high and crumbled in midair. Okay, so that's the section of the ground. Okay, so that's not directly the wires. But yeah, the wires, we can assume that when he damages them to break free, he's decaying them. Yeah. Yeah. And then Best Genus using his fiber manipulation is just like, nah, I'm going to twist that off. I don't know if twisting that off would save it, though, because, I mean, like, it's still the same matter being crumbled away. It's just changing shape. Why would that save it? Well, I mean, the paranormal 
liberation leader, the guy that looked like Doofenshmirtz on steroids, yeah. like, uh, uh, cut off his leg. Yes, yeah, he cut off the leg, but that's like a, a severing from the point of crumbling and separating it from another point that hadn't been crumbled yet. Yeah, if so the, like if twisting the... it off is just like it twists in. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Like I see what you're saying. Because yeah, yeah. he manipulates all fiber regardless if yes, they're connected to yes. each other. So he could twist it and then control pop it both off. ends and yeah. just pop it off. Yeah, I totally so see I the like vision now. Yep, yeah, I get it. That's, that's where I was at. It was one of those unspoken things. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's really cool to think about. Absolutely. That's probably definitely inside of um, best genus, like mental thought process when fighting Shigaraki. I love that. <laughs> I love that. There's this really cool paneling thing on page 13 where Shigaraki's looking at the squad that's suppressing his skills yep. and his eye is directly above Eraser's eye patch. Oh, damn. Yeah. Nice. And it's just like, we are both seeing each other, that kind of thing. And I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh, damn. And now that I'm like looking at it for real, Eraser's left eye is glowing as if he's also using Eraser. So... They're like mm -hmm. both erasing a different quirk. They're probably, probably erasing two different quirks. Yeah. Uh, the shockwave and uh, decay, decay, probably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I was like wondering, because when, when, when Eagle was doing his stream, there was a conversation about exactly how erasure works. And Eagle, I think, said something along the lines of, if it's not a heteromorphic ability, that's like passive and just always going because you're a heteromorph or something then mm -hmm. he can't he can't you know erase that and we know that that's true because we've gotten raw exposition for that exact situation in my hero academia in like chapter like 15 in that initial you know ua invasion um the very first one um eraser head is surrounded by like 15 enemies and then like one of the heteromorphs comes up and was like i bet you can't erase my shit and eraser was like yeah you're right and then stole off his ass so so like <laughs> yeah, yeah he's like so what i can't erase your shit i'll just beat your ass so i thought that that was cool so we got confirmation mm -hmm. on that but then eagle was saying that outside of that eraser head can just look at you and turn off like all of your active abilities basically and stop them from manifesting but I, but then also i remember dialogue that says that he can only stop one quirk at a time yes so like, so like if he can only stop one quirk at a time Sorry, if he can stop one, if he can only stop one quirk at a time, then it has to be like your innate quirk. I, I, I'm having a hard time picturing Eraser looking at someone with multiple quirks and just having like a mental list of the active abilities that they have in their oh, repertoire yeah. and then just choosing one. Choosing when he's like activating, he's like, I'm going to get rid of their decay quirk. Like he's folk, he's intent on them. Okay, so you are, so you're saying that he can like kind of has like a visual field of what quirks you have. Oh no, I don't think he does. I okay, think so he then has how to does he choose? Everybody. Like how does... Batman, he has but to I... research people. Right, but then how does that allow him to then choose which quirk he's turning off if you have multiple? I think he has to just be aware of which quirks you have. Period. And so, like, using the data from like the Stars and Stripes fight, he's like, okay, well, they have Shockwave, they still have Shockwave, and right. they're always going to be using Decay. So, like, at least we have those two to take care of. Right, but like how you can't do you really get rid of So like if, if Shigaraki has seven quirks that he's able to use and then yeah. Eraserhead looks at him and doesn't want him to use Decay or Shockwave, how does he make that how does he choose that? How does he make sure that those specific ones aren't used if he really can pick and choose? Okay. What does that look I like for him? He... 
like he can pick and choose but like when he uses his quirk he already has a quirk in mind of what he's canceling okay if they have That's more cool than one quirk yeah that makes sense you know? yeah, yeah so he's like because normally he just looks at someone's like i want to cancel your quirk and they only have one quirk they're right. done right but if he's aware of what if they if a person has multiple quirks like um like he did it to Deku, right? Like yeah. He was able to shut down temporarily, shut down all for one when he was doing the fitness test. Right. Fitness pacer. But but, but Deku only had access to one ability inside yeah. of one for all at that time. But he was still, you know. Yeah. Still shutting it down. Oh yeah. Um, so you're saying okay? So if he if 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 Eraserhead uses Eraser on Deku, he just wouldn't have access to any of his abilities because the root of them is just one for all, and he's canceling that. Um, I think at this point, he'd probably have to be like, oh, you have access to multiple quirks now. Well, I don't know which ones I need to get rid of. And he would have to, like, mm. preemptively think about what he wanted to stop. I think it's it like, makes more sense that it's like, yeah, since they're all stemming from the same point yeah. of origin, which is one for all. I feel like mm. he could just stop one for all, and then Deku just wouldn't True, be able to maybe. use Black Whip or Fujin or something like that. Either way, this whole situation is one where I would preferred if it wasn't an unspoken thing kind of like we've been oh, yeah. pointing out like like that's something that and maybe it has already been explained and i just like don't remember but as far as like you know erasure versus someone with multiple quirks in one body it's either i stop your innate ability that you were born with or it's like you said where you know the one that i'm picturing is the one you can't use based on the yeah. information that i have on it i like that uh I don't know. I feel like this will be broken down. Yeah, for sure. In the next chapter or two, right? Yeah, probably. That'll just be a good because time for they, it. Yeah. Because they still need to go get Deku, mm -hmm. and only Manoma is gonna be able to get them. Oh, okay, because of his warp, is like. Uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah, because warp only has a five minute time limit left on him. But like, where is um, uh, Shirakumo? Doesn't he have to be within like a specific proximity? Like that he didn't um, he leave him didn't he like leave him back at like yeah prison so like, or something there will so. be there will be definitely um, a time frame where Manoma has to go get Deku swing back to Kuragiri refresh as quick as he can and then go to the Flying Fortress. Okay, so how does Manoma move around if he doesn't have access to that quirk right now? Uh, he should still have it. Okay. Currently, oh yeah, I guess like, I guess that much time I, I hasn't really passed. Time, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, like, um, you know, fights actually go much faster than we mm -hmm. think. Yeah. Um We were talking like, about how mangaka are able to play with cinematic time in a way that no other medium can. So. Yeah, and like yeah. watching a fight happen in a series is usually like fast, like like uh, Grappler Baki. You know, they have like three chapters, and like it was only two minutes. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. And now that so, I think about it, that's not really a thing that's exclusive to manga the way that we were talking about in Undead Unluck the other day, because you can definitely, like, portray large or small amounts of time in multiple episodes. We've seen that all the time. Like, Namek will blow up in five minutes, and then 12 episodes later, it finally it's a blows up. a month later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll take that one back. But I see what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the parts... <sighs> what do you guys think of Shigaraki's just, like, crazy... Thingies. 
this like Tetsuo the shit. This, like, <clears throat> like the, yeah. These like more Akira well, references. These just a living Akira reference. So Akira point. right now. That was that was pretty tight. But that I mean, like Noxie was saying earlier, that was just the one part of the chapter that confused me because yeah. I was under the impression that obviously Erasure was happening. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know how he could do an active quirk application like this. It seems like this is an active quirk application anyway. Where he's uh, growing these hands from his body. It's, it's like an activated. It's, it's heteromorphic, to be honest. Well, I mean, because like other examples of other what other examples of like heteromorphs. Like I don't remember if um, I don't remember if muscular was classified as a heteromorph. We can actually just look that up right now if someone wants to while I'm saying this, or I can do it after I'm done. But. Um, like, usually heteromorphs are just born that way. They've always been that way. It's always a part of their body. They're not turning anything on. So naturally, he would be able to stop that. But this seems like a you weren't th- this way before, and now you're changing something about yourself. So that's where the active portion of, of Eagle's complaint is kind of coming from. Like, this ability wasn't mm-hmm. active before, and now he's activating it. Shouldn't be able to do that while he's being looked at by characters that have erasure. But when it comes down to it, Erasure can only stop one quirk at a time, and we know that in the canon. Uh, I mean, I'm getting I mixed. Mean, if you look at his hand on thing. like page two, you can see that he's got like a bunch of like nubbins growing out of his wrist and hand. His like, and it seems like it's constantly twitching. Like on page three as well, when he like first touches the ground with his right hand, mm-hmm. his left hand seems it's like in a state of flux constantly, especially when you had those previous chapters when Spinner was like looking at him and you could see all the hands and fingers and stuff. Yeah. So his left hand, he lost fingers. And so maybe this is just a growth from the Quirk Singularity Hyper Regeneration. And he has malleable flesh that he can, like, generate. He's trying to regrow more fingers so that he can touch things with his left hand. Decay only works when he touches five fingers to an object. And so now his left hand is like this heteromorphic quirk that is just flesh as much as he wants. Hmm. I thought he was able to do it without all five now. That was, like, the whole thing of his quirk evolution against fucking <clears throat> Redestro because Redestro like broke his shit and mm-hmm. was like you can't use your shit anymore and he still decayed him with just the three. Yeah, that's right. I do remember that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So that was like a big part of his quirk evolution but this seems like a regenerative thing because this was also happening in the tunnel with Spinner. Yeah. When he so, was like oh, all handsy. Yeah, because he seems it's to just be weird. Doing... And Again, I'm getting mixed shit with this eraser head research like it sounds to me like per person he can only cancel one quirk at a time. But he can erase yeah. multiple at a time as long as they're because in the USJ, they're yeah. saying, and I do remember this moment in the anime specifically where he's like, boom, like he's going like bop bop bop, giving people like martial arts hands, mm-hmm. jumps up, and you see a fucking scene of him like shoom 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 yeah, shoom yeah, yeah, yeah. multiple directions. They're saying as long as he doesn't close his eyes. He can cancel like multiple fucking different people's quirks. But only one per person. But probably only one per person. Yep. yep. But again, oh. now I'm getting this this thing is yeah, saying what else theoretically he should be able to cancel all for one because all for one is technically a storage quirk that stores other quirks for use. So uh, if you're canceling all for one, 
by you know then by extension you're canceling all of the quirks that come with all for one just like we were talking about with deku yeah mm -hmm. so it's it's a weird situation bro i just yeah. don't it's just something that just needs raw exposition at this point <clears throat> yeah yeah i see that um yeah. god he's so akira right now like the whole <laughs> yeah. cape thing the giant wave of flesh like i feel like he's he hit the the fingers is gonna be like a like a heteromorphic thing he's just raw pushing it out yeah and then using it as a fucking bludgeon yeah that's wild and i really hope that like mirko didn't get reintroduced into the comic just to just to die just to be quickly. one shot right now yeah i'd be like so I pissed i know that that's not it i know that's not it i know horikoshi ain't gonna do that Yorikoshi likes mirko too much to he, like let he, her die out like that and you want to know what hold on let me look at this wait a minute is she losing limbs? If you like zoom she in had... on her right leg, when it like when like her you see how her, her like her like naked leg runs into her like stocking, and then her stocking runs into an impact illustration, and then there's just nothing after that, but there's blood splatter and something flying away from the stump. If she lost her other fucking like leg right now or some shit, if she's really just getting like fodderized right now. Um, I think that's the limb that she already lost. Oh, yeah, I think she did lose her right leg. Yeah, her, so it's just the one that she already lost. Arm. She's getting yeah, yeah. it kind of ripped off. But still, like, let her cook a little bit more before arm. you take more limbs away. Like, dude, she just came back from losing limbs. Let her kick some shit off, at least first, before you cripple her again. Holy shit. And, and, and if this fucking giant mass of hands has decay on it, she's dead. <laughs> yeah but currently but, but, there, but no 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 he's getting be... no 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 he's getting he's getting decay erased probably actually right yeah, now. yeah it's yeah. gotta be suppressed so yeah. i think she's living she's gonna you know she's gotta shit, maybe like she's try gonna... to like yeah fish hook his eye out or something like that something brutal she's gonna like, live she's gonna she do don't something. play no games yeah. she's just there to like beat people to death i hope so horikoshi you better not you better not yeah i think she's gonna get some gonna time say. to shine because she's been in like the background She's zooming in, and, like, if they give that much love to, like, all the minor characters... Yeah, them top top five like heroes got to turn. Turn. cook, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel you on that. Wild chapter, though, <laughs> holy fuck, this last little, like, war arc is already starting off in such a crazy way, I cannot wait for next chapter. Man, I'm very interested to see how... The rest, I have no idea what to expect out of the next few right. zones, yeah. you know, like yeah. the Gunga Village or the, the the resort. Yes. With Toga. I'm just like, what? Yes, I need that happen? perspective. Like, as soon, okay, next chapter, as soon as we find out Mirko's okay from this, bring me back to Deku and mm -hmm. Toga. <laughs> They'll be like, where's Deku? And then it'll just cut to him and he's like, yes. Toga, what do you want from me? <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. In these panels, I can see of Mirko in the last couple chapters. Like, she seems like she's got all her fucking limbs, except for the one, <clears throat> obviously, like, robot arm, her left arm. Yep, yep. So, I don't know, man. Damn, what if she did lose her leg? That would suck. I'd be very upset. But, gotta see how it's executed, of course. But just on paper, the thought of it right now got me not feeling too good.
Okay. I mean, yeah, you do see this on her right leg, like, cuts off on her knee with this, like, impact yeah. mark. Yeah. And it looks like just up and to the right of it a little bit, there's yeah. this... That's what I was saying. Oh, no, That's what man. I was saying, bro. Like, fuck. Yeah, I, I feel like it's... But that is the leg that she already lost, though, right? Because she lost her left... I don't here. think she lost a leg. I thought she just I thought lost... She, I feel like no, she, nah, she, she lost her leg. No, nah, I'll tell you right now. She lost her left arm and her right leg in the last war. I promise you. So... Yeah. We just haven't seen, like, the new bionic right leg yet or whatever the new... It's Actually, yes, we have. Actually, yeah, we did see it because it was like... It looked like a, um, we talked about it even, like a couple of chapters ago, you could see it poking oh, out. Oh, Oxus Pistorius, yeah. Yeah, and it was like the uh, the bent, you know, paperclip, like, prosthetic mm -hmm. leg that you usually see on, like, Olympic runners. Yeah, that you usually see on, like, Olympic runners, yeah, yeah, that have, that are amputees, yeah, it's like a that question like mark, yeah. And we were talking about how it show? fit, we were talking about how much it fit because it looked like a rabbit's foot mm -hmm. and shit, yeah, or how it resembled a rabbit's foot or whatever, so yes. Yes. Still but, got it. But yeah, she could have just lost it again, though. <laughs> no, I don't want to think about yeah, that. No, but. actually, yeah, it is the foot. That that metal foot is right oh, there. Oh, there so it is! Oh, no! Yeah. Yo, Eagle, off. look! Yo, 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 wait, 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 wait. Oh, shit! Yeah, Dude, do you see, see it? I can see the foot. It looks like a crowbar. I was, I was like, on, I was on a panel of a different chapter. Oh no 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 no! Go to go to uh, go to the one go to the panel from this chapter, and you can see it. Okay, so when you see the impact at the knee, and you see the thing that's broken off, and then you look up to the right, that yeah, you can see that it's that is her foot, the little toes. Yes. Yeah. Yo. I hope she takes that crowbar and just whaps him with it. Yo. It just popped off. Yeah, it just popped off. She could pop it back on. Put it back on. Maybe she popped it off herself. Let's go. Hold on. She, this is all part of her plan. I don't know. I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like that, like, that, like, forearm thrust came yeah. at her out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> I'm just trying to be, like, you know, optimistic. Yeah. Nah, I bet she she's hardcore. I bet she, like, ends up grabbing that thing and just, like, beating over the head with it. Hell yeah. Joker versus Jason Todd type beat. <laughs> Sorry. I think that about mm. does it for yeah, I'm hero. good. I'm soup. I'm good. Yeah. I'm definitely good on hero. Well, with that, I think we can go ahead and get right into the final chapter of the night, the Peace de l'Existence, chapter 1042 of One Piece. The victor needs no epithet, which is a fucking hype-ass title and a hype-ass line. That's pretty hard, yeah. But Start with this uh, cover our cover story, obviously, An Emotionless Excursion, Volume 6. Um, <laughs> take Niji and Yonji to Whole Cake Island, which is weird to me because it seems like a pretty mundane scene. But it seems peculiar to me that Oven, as he's carrying this prison book, looks back with this question mark. Like, he's surprised at what he sees. He yeah. looks back like, huh? Yeah. Because somebody be pulling up right now to... Nah, Some. big mom ain't here, boy. We yeah. finna get our, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, Blackbeard. Blackbeard. Why is Blackbeard on whole cake, though? Nah, he ain't got no reason. To get to the work. road oh. pawn, to get big mom's road pawn glyph that's butt naked right now. Yeah. Oh, what if that's, ooh, that's good. 
I was they thinking come the back. other Kata uh, in a fucking body cast. The rest of the high <laughs> tiers are over at fucking Wano. It's like Blackbeard's smoking this whole fucking cast right here. Low diff, no diff, almost. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, I was thinking the other uh, Vin Smoke brothers. Yeah, that's what I thought too. So like Vin Smoke pulling back up. Like I right, big mom and two one on now. It's like there's like yeah. there's more. Yeah, Reiji, Reiji, and uh, and Ichiji. Yeah, Reiju and Ichiji and Judge were chilling. And Judge, yep. <clears throat> so I figured it was them. That was my thing. Yeah. But I like that Drake really got the drop on that boy. Yeah. Yeah, that was wild. He 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 Dude, did some he did line, some damage. Though. It's it's cool that like inside of the community, like people like you know make fun of like Supernovas and they make fun of CP Zero and they make fun of like all of these characters that aren't Yonko or Admirals at this point. Which mm -hmm. is just like funny in and of itself, but I like that um, that Oda is showing us the capability of Drake, even though he's not like an all star member of the cast of this yeah. arc. You know what I mean? Like he's still a supernova, and he still gets to have moments like these against characters that, for one reason or another, the community thinks he should have no chance against. Like characters have been getting acknowledged for their strength that, you know, a lot of the One Piece community consider fodder. So I just love that oh, in the storytelling. I mean, most. Yeah. I mean. One Piece has been around for so long. There have been like debates on like if Naruto without the Karama could do this or this. It doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> none of that stuff matters. And it's like, yeah, no, CP Zero usually yeah. gets the drop on people. This yeah. time they didn't. Yeah, and Drake got finished. Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah, exactly. He's still like lost at the end of the day. He's like, holy he's shit, I can't lost. believe. He's like, he I can't believe you did hit. that. Yeah, you got a good hit on me, Drake. You son of a bitch. Bow, she gone. You're out of here. So like, he still loses to CP Zero. Right through his neck. Right through right his throat, his son. <laughs> like, yo, <laughs> rotted. Yeah, but that's just like a cool situation for me. Yeah, um, I love that. Even and though, like, like, I don't really care too much about Drake personally, but I like respect me? his position in the hierarchy, and I love that he gets a little moment before such a drastically yeah. I, I'm fatal. I'm not like a huge Drake attack. fan or yeah. either. Um, yeah. Regardless of One Piece. Um, <laughs> uh, oh wow! No, but like Drake in here, but like um, yeah. he's like, this is my justice. This is what my justice tells me to do. And I love that CP Zero. It's like I am envious of you. I wish I could do what I felt was justice, but I gotta keep going. Yeah, I gotta. You Time know, to die. I got a mission to do. I am bleeding out heavily. <laughs> yeah, dog of the military. I gotta like we live two completely different lives. We live in completely different worlds. I wish I could be you know, living life similar to you, but I got to get this money. You know what I'm saying? This world government got my family tied up in a fucking basement somewhere, making me work for them or some shit. They're off stage right. with a puppy and a gun to its head. Yeah. Type shit. That's just the kind of like pathos that Oda gives to antagonists. Eventually. Mm -hmm. It's like, you suck for so long backstory. Oh, this is why you're doing this. Okay. You don't suck as bad anymore. Yeah, <laughs> but this cool dude sucks like still really terrible. bad still. Yeah, <laughs> like especially with like the end of the chapter. Dude, which like while yeah. I'm thinking about it, we might as well go to because this is actually like a point that actually confused me. But earlier in the conversation, <clears throat> uh, for my hero academia, I remembered um, Dwayne McDuffie's Fantastic Four and like Black Panther versus um, Silver Surfer, and I'm pretty sure that that's what's going on here with you know, the introduction of the CP0 agent to this Luffy and Kaido fight is because Luffy goes into a, you know, overkong gun or whatever for this, like, crazy, like, clash, and then the CP0 dude, like, pulls up behind him and hits him with the iron body, 
So what I'm thinking is happening here is he teleports behind him, puts his arm around Luffy's arm, and then activates the Tikai to just keep his arm locked in place so that Luffy doesn't have the leverage he needs to continue the Overkong gun, which is just like that scene in Dwayne McDuffie's Fantastic Four when Black Panther gets the drop on him, puts him in an arm bar, and says your your physiology is, yeah. human, is humanoid enough to where you won't be able to break this hold, despite being way stronger than me. So I think that that's... You can definitely see yeah. in on page 14 in the middle left panel cp0 guy is there like the the middle panels show me what you got boy thunder bellow right below thunder bellow page 15 15 yes right below thunder bellow you see cp0 guy running in yep the next panel he's on luffy oh he is i didn't even see that you see the onomatopoeia grab yeah yeah he grabs Yep. Tekai, Iron Body, and he is just kind of holding his shit back, and then Kaido comes with the wham! Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, no, he's holding on to the shoulder, too. Yeah, something yep. like that. Yeah, but I think it, I think that, yeah, I think we, we hit the nail on the head with that. I just wanted to focus on that because I thought about it for some reason a couple moments ago, and I fast-forwarded to it while I had it in mind, but we can definitely go back to the beginning of the chapter now after Drake if we want. Eh, but... I touched on the part that I was like, yeah. Good for you, Drake. Yeah. You got to live honorably. And, well, just inside uh, of the fight with Kaido and, and Luffy, then, I love the fucking um, Python. I love how, like, you know, Kaido seems to be having a really hard time with it. But then he just, like, goes into, like, gamer sit-up mode on Luffy. Like, like all right, let me take this serious. Like, playing Madden. You know what I mean? Like, Kaido said, hold uh-huh. on. All right, bet. <laughs> I saw someone say that on Twitter. A game that you've been playing since they were before they were born. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw someone say that on Twitter with the memes, like Kaido said, you know, and then the meme of the dude, like, sitting up to, like, play more seriously. And I was like, that's just so perfect, because he goes into just a flurry of punishment and damage as he continues through his drunk phases. Drunken thief. Drunken beggar. (laughs) Fucking... Stop. That was the flirty drunk on the fan scans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it was on the fan, yeah, on the fan scan, it was, um, flirty drunk, that's right. And then, yeah, so I beggar wonder why it's weird. changed to beggar now. Beggar is kind of weird. Like, how does beggar even make sense there? Because he's asking for him to stop. Oh, just stop. Okay, 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 that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I think flirty drunk makes a little bit more sense there, but whatever. Especially and then, with, yeah. like, the little heart, Yeah. Yep, and then he grabs him. Eats him for a minute, brings him up to the sky, and then like blasts him down. Mimics the python with pure speed in the dragon form. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. He's like, you can, I, in the I drunken can thief form, or the drunken thief yep. phase. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Drunken thief, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Kaido's such a cool bad guy. I love dragons. It's a really cool design. I like that he shifts from one form to the other. Yes. To like, make the best use of each body. Yeah, for sure. The, the then, longer that we've just been getting Kaido right, like, every time we get, like, Kaido writing, it, like, always, like, slaps. Like, he'll say his things, like, I'm stronger than you, I'm the king, I'm, you know, blah, you know, and on all of his regular dialogue. But whenever he gets deeper dialogue, like, any amount of dialogue deeper than that, it always slaps. Like, I'm looking at page 12. But let me tell you, these Wano folk have accepted defeat into their hearts. Weaklings who shun violence, casualties who found glory in death. I've seen plenty of the losers and van- I've seen plenty of the losers and vanquished here. 
and they all have their excuses strong or just stubborn the victor needs no epithets so which are you like that's just whenever we get this kaido backstory i, I didn't really i feel like that's like a grammatical error in the dialogue that kind of like tripped me up there um when it says like plenty of the losers and i've seen plenty of the losers and vanquished here that kind of like tripped me up there but this this line of dialogue is just so fire for kaido like it just deepens in that much more and whenever mm -hmm. we get this fucking backstory, I can just tell from the lead up, the little bits and crumbs that that Oda has kind of been giving us throughout the course of this raid, that whenever it's focus time, that shit's going to be one of the strongest backstories that we've seen. Man. Uh, there's... I just like that, like... There's also the parallel of, like, Odin yeah. and Luffy yeah. and, like, Kaido just, oh, you got distracted in the middle of a fight? Well, a fight doesn't deserve distractions. Gotcha. And he's I upset really with this. Oh, no, he's high key upset. He yeah, he's, feel that he's, way. he's mad he's as fuck about this. because But he, he still follows through. I think he's like, like already in the middle of the momentum, the right? Of, yeah. So like, yeah. like he like he was mad when it happened with Odin back in the day. Like that's why he killed the he motherfucker. Killed that old bitch. Yeah, he killed the bitch who 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 set up Odin for doing that. He's yeah. like, that's not fucking cool. Fuck you. You fucked with my fight. You fucked with my honor. Like that's not yeah. what we do around here. Bye. And now this CP zero dude has done the same thing and evoked similar you know emotional response, response from from yeah. from kaido and now he's about to fucking kill this cp0 dude next chapter obviously I mean, yeah, giving look how upset he is in his like the top left panel he looks yeah. it's like a he's combination like, no of like like despair and desperation and disbelief he he's like i can't believe this is happening again <laughs> he's like i think you know, kaido this... like literally wants an honorable defeat yeah he wants he to be defeated honorably, and he's come across two different characters now that he thought could have done it, and he's gotten shysted out of it twice. So I don't know. What do you, do you guys think it'd be fire if like Kaido murders this CP Zero dude, and then like we pan away from these events later on? Everybody's making it up to the roof, like, ah, oh, what's going on? We got to see Luffy beat the, the, you know, become the king of pirates, and like they get up there, nothing's really happening. They're like, huh, it seems kind of quiet up here. Luffy's like knocked out. Kaido's just like sitting in front of him, just like chugging some sake, waiting for him to wake up. Like I'm not, I'm not giving up my second chance at this honorable defeat. We gonna see how this plays out. Yeah. Uh, what if he does the thing where he's like, uh, another wasted, uh, it's like another loss. Yeah. Uh, you did well, boy. <laughs> like pours one out on top of Luffy, and Luffy just splutters and comes back to consciousness. Like, <laughs> Well, I think that, like, because uh, Luffy's been talking this entire chapter about how he's running out of time. This is my final gear four. I have to do it now or I'm going to, I have, this is my final attack. And if it doesn't work, I lose. And then he gets battered with the Thunder Bagua because of the CP0 agent. So obviously Luffy is down for the count for this moment. He's going to lose his gear four and he's going to be effectively defeated for a little bit. But the attention is going to shift away from Luffy to this CP0 agent and they're going to fight for however long giving Luffy the time he needs to recover and then come back to the fight afterwards so oh. I feel like that's like what we can kind of expect or safely expect you never know how it'll go especially in a story like One Piece but um, that's what feels the best to me right now because otherwise 
I don't know how Luffy just gets right back up after this and continues the fight. So obviously he needs time for a breather. I think the perfect, you know, vehicle for that is Kaido's rage against the CP0. And CP0 is probably not planning on fighting Kaido straight up 1v1. So he'll probably have a hit and fade kind of Soru based, you know, movement mm -hmm. strategy against Kaido that will buy time enough for, for Luffy to kind of come to. And who knows, some other kind of distraction can pull up and change the game in, in, a, in a litany of different ways. You never know who can make it to this roof <laughs> and, and stall that, this I out. I mean, um, Luffy's about to wake up Law's in the first... Law's heading towards that. I think, towards Law's, I think Law's spent. Yeah. Law's done, for, at least for the foreseeable future. I think Luffy wakes up, and, like, the first thing he sees is, like, this CP0 dude's, like, dead-ass body. Yeah. <laughs> you get, like, the, you get the eye-opening perspective, like... It's like, oh, shit, looks up, and Kaido's like, ah, I've been waiting for you to wake up, like... Yeah. Wasn't giving up my chance at this time. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like, I'm giving you the fair chance you deserve, because I think you hard body. You earn my respect. Yeah. What you need to get back on your feet? You need some meat? Hold on real quick. Let me get you some... Let me, get you, wow. let me get you some mutton right quick. Get you get you back in this bra. <laughs> Pretty much, man. Yeah. Like, oh. This is... Yeah, I mean, you can see in his eyes right here at the in this last, you know, show me what you got, boy. Like, he's he's in that that bloodthirsty. He said... The drawing on his, of his face on the bloodthirsty drug panel. Yeah. He just looks like <laughs> such a menace. He's a straight up like Wario. Yeah, <laughs> Wario type shit. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's hilarious. Love that. Nah, he's 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 cold blood. He's cool. I like it. And yeah, he doesn't like the whole masters thing either. He's like, oh CP zero? No, you're on to some fuck shit right now. Like Yeah. I ain't about it. Yeah, I'm Never excited been. to see this dude get straight trounced next chapter. That's going to be, like, so satisfying because he's been such a fucking shady little bitch yeah. the entire time. And, and and it's like, yes, force him into a fight so I can see his kit because you have to be cold if you're going to be running throughout this raid on some fucking sneaky backdoor bitch shit. You better be drastic in combat, like, before you're defeated at least. So that you know I know what's kind of weird? Yeah. Is that, like, this guy seems to be like the opposite of luffy like the cp0 guy mm. he's built up to be kind of the opposite because like i was just looking at the last page uh 17 and his hat the way it's set up in uh the bottom left panel kind of looks like straw hat luffy's hat oh even sure. though i know it's not <laughs> yeah. and then like luffy has a scar on his left eye this guy has a scar on his right eye Oh, really? Oh, yeah, he totally does. Yeah. Wow. Uh, the iron body panel like, on the bottom of 15. At the <laughs> bottom of um, 2. At the middle of 2. Where he's, like, talking to Drake. And he's like, why'd you do this? And he's like, yep. justice. And he's like, I'm envy. Yep. And it's just like, ah, you are just like a weird little foil of... Well, mini foil. Someone with power. And what they could be. And, like, yep. you're gonna be a poor replacement yep. for Luffy facing yeah. kaido's wrath luffy like, using his influence to potentially change the world for the better and cp0 dude using his influence to try to keep the world the same maintain the status quo yeah, maintain just... the status quo mm -hmm. yeah, i like that little nice cool. visual nod. yeah that is tight i don't think i had anything else for one piece this week though yeah i think that's about all i had as well shorter chapter I'm super satisfied. straightforward yeah 
all contained within just kind of pretty much one perspective, which we don't see often. Yeah. Not in this arc. Yeah, yeah not in yet. But yeah, I think that'll uh, that'll do it for One Piece, and that will do it for this episode of the Project Manga Podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. If you did, be sure to slap a like on the video if you enjoyed it. Make sure you subscribe to the channel for more Fire Weekly content. Also, make sure you leave a comment in that comment section down below. First and foremost, let you know which series you think we should replace Dr. Stone with. Secondly, if you had any thoughts or questions for us, chop it up with us down there. And as always, take a look in that description box down below where you can find any and all links to our individual social media accounts such as Twitter, online communities like Discord, audio listening platforms to consume the podcast on, as well as ways to support the podcast through our Patreon or our online store. And with all those words said, this will be another incredible episode of the Project Manga Podcast wrapping up. I'm your host, Eagle. Knox. And I'm Melo Yenis. Sarabada. Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Bathfitter.